Episode 140. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over down Culture push over pop culture. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's pop culture leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're the Leftovers. All right. Hey, welcome to X-Men Apocalypse Pop Culture Leftovers Review. Joining us, unfortunately, in this episode <laughs> is Talkie Talkerton himself, <laughs> Mr. Interrupter, the Daniel Hotner. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone. In He's the advance. apocalypse of this podcast. <laughs> He's, He's going to make a brand new podcast world. We call him Atocalypse because <laughs> his lips keep talking and he won't shut the fuck up and he destroys everything in his path when he talks. <laughs> Atocalypse. I, I, I can't help it. It's a scary villain. <laughs> it, just, it just happens. It's a, it's a mutant power I cannot control. <laughs> He's the villain our listeners cannot stand. <laughs> He's the villain our listeners deserve. <laughs> but not the one they need. Exactly. Yeah, okay. You nailed it. You nailed it. Guys, I wanna I wanna let everybody know that recently I was on a YouTube show. Oh really? Uh, yes, I was on a YouTube show. It is posted on the interwebs right now. Oh, I'm gonna watch this. It's uh it's <laughs> Can I watch it right now? <laughs> no. No. It is uh memed. It's the new YouTube show from uh, TC and Karina Michelle from uh, Epic Comic Cast, and it's called Meme. That's M E M E apostrophe D, and you can find it on epiccomiccast.com, or you can just look look up uh, Epic Comic Cast Memed on uh, YouTube, and you'll be able to find it. And it's me. I am in what they call the meme melee, where I have to um, defend my. I choose a meme, and I have to. Basically, uh, explained everybody, explained everybody like why my meme is the best meme. And, uh, I am going up against a Lil from the League of Geeks. Oh, you'll fuck him up. <laughs> I already know who won, but in, in case our listeners want to know who won the meme melee, you have to watch that episode. It was really weird for me because I'm like, I'm used to doing like the audio shit. Mm. You know, I'm not used to being on video. I was nervous as fuck. And I got TC asking me, he's like, so who are we going to see? Are we going to see the showrunner Brian or, or, you know, the host of Pop Culture Leftovers? Or are we going to get Darth Brian? <laughs> 
they yeah. wanted Darth Brian. They and, all do. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, how angry can I get about a meme? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, like, like that's what people think of me. Like, they just think of, like, you know, like the day I die, people are just going to look back on my life and they're going to think to themselves, you know what, this guy had a lot of personal issues. <laughs> But, like, okay, this is the premise of their show. They talk about memes. They talk about popular memes in pop culture. And then what they do is they have two people in pit themselves against each other, and these memes battle each other, and they are basically like the Michael Vick of memes. (laughs) (laughs) While they have fighting dogs. It's basically what it is, right? It's pretty yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't support this anymore. <laughs> if you want to find out... Uh, Conscientious objector over here. Yeah. If you want to find out which dog destroyed the other dog in the old meme games, yeah. then listen, watch that YouTube show. G- give me a fist pump if you win. I won't tell the listeners. <laughs> I don't know why Jay's laughing. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> All right, guys, this week we are talking about X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, how many, uh, how many, how did you guys see this movie and how many times did you see it? Jay? Uh, just once 2D. Okay. Yeah. Yes, just once 2D myself. I, the Days of Future Past 3D was terrible, so I learned from my mistake. Okay. Same as Jay and Jake. I saw it, uh, the first time I saw it in real 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time I saw it, I watched it in 2D. Okay. So I've seen it twice now. I'm better than all of you. Yes, me. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's to be disputed. I, I, take, I take my job seriously. <laughs> it is to be disputed. Brian wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he's a show runner. Yeah, you guys not. just want me to win. That's w- not the dispute. You, wrong dispute. <laughs> you guys just want me to win so you don't have to listen to me pissing them out. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump into X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, here is the synopsis. Since the dawn of civilization, he has worshipped, he is, he was worshipped as a god. Apocalypse, the first and most powerful mutant from Marvel's X-Men universe, amassed the powers of many other mutants, becoming immortal and invincible. Upon awakening after thousands of years, he is disillusioned with the world as he finds it and recruits a team of powerful mutants, including a disheartened Magneto, to cleanse mankind and create a new world order over which he will reign. As the fate of the Earth hangs in the balance, Raven, with the help of Professor X, must lead a team of young X-Men to stop their greatest nemesis and save mankind from complete destruction. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, man! <laughs> Woo! Oh, man! <laughs> Fuck it! <laughs> America! <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse is directed by Brian Singer. What, what, this is his... his uh, uh, fourth movie in uh, the in the X franchise. Yes, yes. No uh, fifth. No, no, no fourth. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Shut up, Pop. <laughs> Sorry. Brett Radner did one, and Matthew yeah, Vaughn did yeah. one. Of the yes, six. you're right. You're yeah. Right. Jesus, that's why. That's why we're the leftovers. <laughs> Even the leftovers know more than you. Shut yeah. the fuck up, Hopner. <laughs> Hashtag shut the fuck up, Hopner. Let's get it trending. They won't be able to spell it, though. Yeah. <laughs> you got the silent O in there. Watch out for that ninja O. All right, guys. It's written by Simon Kiddenberg and Brian Singer. According to Simon Kiddenberg, this will be the final film in the First Class story arc, which also consisted of X-Men First Class and X-Men Days of Future Past. Kinberg calls this film the culmination of Xavier and Lencher's relationship. 
First class was about Eric becoming empowered, the origin story of a man's power. Days of Future Past was about Charles becoming empowered, a guy who is a mess but masterminds the end of a massive event. This film has them both at their peak and finally going at each other. Uh, it stars James McAvoy as Professor Charles Xavier, Michael Fassbender as Magneto, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. Although not in the movie, Charles Xavier actor Patrick Stewart jokingly informed Brian Singer that he would be willing to play Mystique should Jennifer Lawrence start playing up. <laughs> he said, I am so ready to be naked painted blue, and the world is ready for it, too. <laughs> can, can Patrick you go, Stewart is such a clown. What an awesome dude. Yeah. <laughs> I love him on American Dad. I, I tumble oh, on yeah. that idea, by the way. Of Patrick Stewart naked, painted, and blue? Sure, why not? <laughs> you just, you're a big fan of Watchmen, then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Singer's best. Or, uh, Snyder's best. Shut the fuck up, Abner. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Nicholas Holt as <laughs> Beast. Another another favorite of Hopner. <laughs> Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. Tom Hardy and Idris Elba were both considered for the role of Apocalypse, but that part went to Oscar Isaac, apparently. Yeah, he's in this film, kind of. He is? Yeah. Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne as Moira McTaggart. Uh, Evan Peters as Peter Maximoff Quicksilver. Uh, Josh Hellman was uh, Colonel William Stryker who looks like the love child of Josh Hartnett and Stifler, if you ask me. <laughs> very, very interesting. Yeah, good comparison. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sophie Turner is Jean Grey. We've got Ty Sheridan in there, newcomer. Both both newcomers, Sophie Turner and Ty Sheridan, but we got Ty Sheridan in there as Cyclops. Uh, Lucas Till was uh, Havoc, who was doing his best Patrick Swayze cosplay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got, uh, Cody Smith McPhee as Nightcrawler. Uh, ben Hardy as Angel. Uh, ben Hardy is the less popular Hardy. Um, I don't even know if he's related to Tom Hardy, but... Uh, it's like, you know, Ben Hardy? No, no, they're Tom Hardy. Right. <laughs> they tried to get Tom Hardy. They, they got stuck with fucking Ben. <laughs> ben. Uh, Alexandra Ship as Storm, who actually greeted uh, my theater. And Mine said, too. And Mine said, too. Welcome. Thank you for coming to the movie. Yeah, me too. They yeah. must really be hurting at the movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought took away from that. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was going to do a PSA for some organization or something, but it was just a... No, thanks for coming. Thanks. Yeah, I hope you have as much fun watching this as we did making it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was going to do a PSA for getting you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the campaign failed. Yeah, I know. It did. Yakka, 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 yakka. <laughs> Yammering on. Um, X-Men Apocalypse has a runtime of 144 minutes and estimated budget of $178 million. We are going to rate this movie. If this is your first time listening to Pop Culture Leftovers, I should have my soundboard up right now. I do not, <laughs> which means that right now I am vamping until it pulls up and I am able to play a sound bumper, which will give you our rating system, which I'm going to play now. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like Brilliant. something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, nobody heard our rating system there. Um, so let me go over the rating system again. If we hate the movie, it's a toss it. If we like the movie, it's a taste it. If we 
love the movie, it's what's called the Tupperware. Now, if all of us love the movie, it, we give it a Tupperware party. Uh, so right now we're going to go ahead and rate uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Chatty Chatterton, Daniel <laughs> Hopner. Pronounce Hepner in some circles. 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 <laughs> uh, Incorrect circles. Incorrect circles. Uh, talk to me. What was your rating for X-Men Apocalypse? Um, I went back and forth a little bit on it, but I'm going to have to go with my gut. I'm going to actually toss the movie. Mm. Um, some of the acting was all right, but I felt a lot of the strongest actors, uh, Fassbender specifically, had nothing to do really in the movie. Jennifer Lawrence continued to be a dead weight. <clears throat> Fassbender uh, had nothing to do with the movie, he says. No, nothing really to do after the first I will, 20 minutes. Going, to, I am going to dispute that this entire fucking episode. <laughs> we'll get into it then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the newcomers, <clears throat> the ones that I wanted to see, like uh, Storm, maybe even Psylocke, your personal favorite. Um, Magic is my personal favorite in the X-Men universe. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I meant in this movie. <sighs> Another oh. Hopnerism where you <laughs> fuck shit up. Yeah, I know. Way to go, I'm Hopner. sorry. Again, worst episode ever. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the actors I thought that had something to bring didn't have anything to really do. The actors that had something to do I didn't think really brought it. And the plot and the action was all very rote and typical of a singer movie that... Mm, it was all very subpar, so I toss it. All right. Uh, Jake, talk to me about uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it a taste it. Um, part of me wanted to toss it just purely out of disappointment of how good First Class and Days of Future Past were. Like, I was almost yeah. on the curve. Like, it was... I just was like, oh, it wasn't up to that standard. I'm going to toss it. But at the end of the day, there was stuff that I did enjoy in this movie that I did take away. Um, I also disagree with the Michael Fassbender stuff. I thought he, he was one of the most interesting characters in the movie and had some of the most powerful scenes involved. Would you agree that he kind of took away from Apocalypse? We'll get to that. I would agree. Mm, I, okay, we'll talk about that later. So you're yeah. going to give this one a taste? I'm going to give a taste. It. I, I also, I don't know, I thought this movie suffered a little bit of sequelitis, and I'm sure we'll get into and that was yeah. kind of annoying. Uh, Jay, talk to me, man. Uh, high tasted for me. I, I really enjoyed this movie. It, it, it had its shortcomings, if I'm going to nitpick things, for sure. Um, there, there were things within the uh, writing that I did not like um, with certain characters, for sure. Um, but overall, I had a great time watching this. Mm. I, I enjoyed it. I think it wrapped things up nicely from uh, Singer Series and... Uh, and I'm look. I look forward to what what it brings for the future of the series. Okay. So I, I think it was successful for me. It's not a Tupperware. It's not perfect. Um, uh, there was definitely things in the writing that could have been improved. But overall, I think uh, I think this is a great lead into what's to come. So I, I definitely high taste it. I am going to. Yeah, this is a hard one for for me to rate as well. Um, I. I liked this movie. I liked it a lot, to be quite honest with you. Um, I did not like it as much as I liked Days of Future Past. Um, but I liked it a lot. It, it, it's definitely not at the bottom where, when it comes to X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right there in the middle. I'm going to give it a taste it. Um, I actually... And we're going to jump into this right now. I loved how they 
showed Apocalypse at the beginning of the movie. I'm actually kind of rooting for this guy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it fell off the fucking rails throughout the rest of the film. Um, um, I didn't like how in this movie, how Mystique, who is in the comics primarily a villain, I don't like how she's almost like they tried to turn her into Katniss Everdeen in this movie. Yeah, I and agree. How she's, even by even costume. Yes. They tried to turn her into Katniss Everdeen, where she's the face of the mutants, Mm -hmm. and I did not like that at all. Uh, Another nitpick that I have with this film, and doesn't affect my rating at all, but I am going to go over this. It's driving me crazy. The first movie takes place in 1962, 20 years later, and none of the characters look as if they've aged at all. I was going to bring this up (laughs) too. Same. Especially bothered me with Havoc. I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. Moira McTaggart, she looks exact same, and even Professor X mentions this. Yeah, he does. Magneto, who we know was 14, he'd be in his 50s. Well, hold on, let me let me get into this uh, chatty chatter thing. <laughs> Sorry, Magneto, he was 14 in 1944, so that means he was uh, during that scene in World War II. He was born in 1930. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that means that he's 32. When we first meet him in first class, he's 43 when we meet him in Days of Future Past, and he's supposed to be 53 when we see him again in Apocalypse. Looking good. Yeah. Looking good. For <laughs> Real good. Yeah. Okay, also... Not a gray hair there. <laughs> it's the year 1983 in Apocalypse, and 17 years later, in the year 2000, is when we get our first X-Men movie. So Singer is basically telling us that in 17 years... Magneto that we see in Apocalypse will look like Ian McKellen's Magneto in 2000's X-Men. Right. Hard 17 years. Fuck yeah. What the fuck is he doing in 17 years <laughs> to make him look like Ian McKellen? Yeah. Oh, wait wait for the next movie. I guess we'll find out. I guess so. <laughs> Wolverine retconned that. It's all fixed. <laughs> he, won't be, he won't be Ian McKellen. You yet. can't retcon ages. <laughs> also, Apparently in, you can. in First Class, Mystique is 10 when we meet her. By Apocalypse, she's 49 years old. So, right. Ooh, looking real good. Looking great for 49. You're almost looking like, I don't know, 25. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. a gilf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex Summers in First Class is about 20 or so yeah. in that movie. In this movie, uh, he, he, in this movie, he's like in his late thirties or early forties, and yet he still looks like he's twenty-five. Yeah, <laughs> and has a brother in high school. <laughs> so that's a minor nitpick that I have with this. I understand it's done in the comic books a lot. I mean, think about it. It's like you know, uh, Punisher. You know, like he can't really have been in the Vietnam War and right. shit like that. Yeah, now. they call it the uh, sliding window effect in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That no matter what year it is, the Fantastic Four blasted off into space 15 years ago, basically. Right. Exactly. And also that um, it's always been in the Marvel Universe that Cap's only been on Frozen for about 10 years. It was the general rule for a long time. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that, that was a minor nitpick. For I have a, if we're doing minor nitpicks, I have a I have a, a major a nitpick. Me, what is Go your? Ma- are we getting into the into the review? I no, I not really. It's not really. It, it's just a plot point that just drove me fucking crazy. All right, guys, let's get into the review. Hold on, it's now time for a pop culture leftovers movie review. All right, guys. It's so true. 
<laughs> Except uh, for today when I'm here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hopner sucks. Yeah. Th- throughout the review, we will have spoilers, so I did want to play our spoiler warning as well. As soon as I can find the goddamn thing. <laughs> this is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your decal. You have been warned, spoiler pussies. All right, Jake, what's your major nitpick, man? It's a, it's like a continuity error that just really drove me nuts. It's that in Days of Future Past, we saw um, Wolverine being dragged out by Stryker, and then it's revealed that yes. Stryker is Mystique. Right. Yeah. And then that's, like, completely fucking ignored here. I was going to bring that up, actually. Yeah. It, dri- it drove me fucking nuts. It's like, what the fuck, guy? It's totally forgotten. Yeah, like, and that's another movie directed by Brian Singer. Like, yeah, if you'll remember, at the end of Days of Future Past, they pull Wolverine out of the river, and he's, uh, they show a shot of Stryker, and then they show his eyes change, which is a clear, uh, indication that Stryker is Mystique. Yeah, because yeah. that's been a tell they've done since the very first one when, uh, she's impersonating Senator Kelly. Right. Yeah, and there's no payoff for that, and it's a huge plot hole. Yeah. And the fact that he's, Captured by Stryker, it's just like a total ig- ignoring what happened there. Mm-hmm. It was just really fucked up to me. Yeah, like how did the real Stryker come into play? Yeah. Because it wasn't Mystique because she's off doing her own shit. But even in that thing at the end of the uh, Days of Future Past, it's why would she be impersonating him to capture Wolverine in the first damn place? Well, we won't know because they don't yeah. answer any of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of it, none of it makes any sense. I absolutely agree. It <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised you really liked it. I thought this there was a lot of nothing going on in this movie. You surprised was, I really liked it? Yeah, I am actually. I gave it a taste. It the you same s- as you. Oh, you said it was, you said it was high. I thought I high no. tasted. Yeah, uh, I, tasted uh, I really liked it. I thought there was just such a lot of nothing going on. Like so much fucking standing around. How like, do you think I feel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like apocalypse. I thought. All four of Apocalypse's um, people, what are they called, the Four Horsemen, yeah. were all just a big fucking waste of time for the yep. most part. They all just like stood around at the cliffside with Apocalypse, like doing fucking nothing for half the fucking movie. Yeah. It drove me nuts. Like, did Psylocke even speak? Yeah, uh, she did. Three lines before. She so underused. Yeah. So underused. Yeah. They they were all underused. Is that really yeah. that surprising? Well, hold on. Though? Let me let me explain this. It's like okay, so Apocalypse. Since we're jumping into full spoiler mode here, Apocalypse basically gives transformations to all of these characters, amplifying all of their powers. Uh, we see him with Storm. He uh, touches Storm. He gives her a Stormgasm as, sh- as she's going. <laughs> gives her that white hair. And, yeah, he gives her s- such an amazing orgasm. Her hair turns white. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of dumb. He, ampli- yeah. he amplifies her powers, and so now she's able to, you know, now she's able to, uh, you know, manipulate the weather and shit, like even even more so than just like the bullshit wind that she was doing. She's able to do unspecified powers. Right, right, and then and then and then, and then he uh, he gives uh, Angel uh, he turns him into Archangel and gives him the uh, the metal wings. Yeah, and uh, later on we see him him like giving him shoulder pads. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was the worst of the four, but he gives them all makeovers except for Psylocke. Except uh, she's all she's got is a suit. Does he does he amplify her powers at all? They do show that because um, when he's got the when she's got the blade to him, when he's in the little underground railroad den, yeah. then he just sort of touches her, like goes near her, and then her blade like intensifies. It gets right. longer. Yeah. I guess. She can I th- make no, it into a whip now. Makes, I think it just makes, yeah. 
We'll get to well, that. I, I'm sorry, I missed it. I said she can make it into a whip now. Oh yeah, that's true. She goes all full Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> real important right there. Um, let's start off with like the beginning scene of this movie. Sure, where, where it's like uh, we've got uh, Ensab Ensabanur mm-hmm. uh, is in Egypt, and um, let's see here. It's it's. I have a huge problem with this whole opening scene. Number one, I think the special effects looked absolutely horrid. I think it looked bad throughout the most of the movie, um, especially in this opening. There's a, no, there's a lot of special effects in this movie that are horrible. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, especially in this opening, it looks particularly. There's bad. a lot of green screen, green effects, screenorama, green screenorama in this movie. Um, but they're doing this whole like uh ceremony at the beginning. Uh I guess Apocalypse has been getting his powers over the over the centuries by finding other mutants with these powers and then they transfer him into that mutant and then he's able to gain that mutant's power and they do it through like this ceremony which is triggered by the the like the, the sun the sun and yeah. the top of the pyramid? It, it brings up, for me, an initial, like, fundamental question. So, since he's supposed to be the first mutant, what's his mutant ability, then? Is it the transference, or what is it? It's Based the, on it's this the movie. keeping all the powers. It's being able to collect the power and then move on right. and keep... Because okay. not only does he get the new mutant's power, but he's stacking them up. He's still keeping all his old powers. Yeah. That is true. I... I wish they would have played it was that. a little vague. I wish they would have played that whole, uh, what's that, what's that song? Um, Children of the Sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As he's gaining his powers. That would have been awesome. Little Rage Against the Machine? Sure, no, no, not Rage Against it's, it's like a, it's a song from the 70s. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there was, I think when he was in, uh, Egypt, there was a Egyptian version of, um, uh, Flock of Seagulls song that was playing on the radio at one point. Yeah, I'm not, for the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just making. I a, thought that was clever. I'm making a joke here, huh? No, I know. <laughs> back uh, to the opening. I'm just saying back to the opening. <laughs> what I okay? There, there, there is about fifty percent of this opening scene that I liked, and the fifty percent that I hated. Uh, I like the protectors. Yeah. yeah, I like the protectors the of four. apocalypse. They were cool. Um, the, yeah. There was the one guy that turned the other dude, crushed him, turned him into a pretzel, and then oh, that was cool. Oh yeah, that was that awesome. looked pretty brutal. That effect was awesome. Tossed him, and then um, there was the one uh, chick that had like the the shield that was protecting apocalypse. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like was the Team Ocean's Eleven crew. That was trying to overtake overtake Apocalypse and kill him. Uh-huh. It uh, seemed way too easy. They disrupted yeah. the whole ceremony by destroying those pillars. Two, like two pillars. Well, hold on, hold on. As we watch these huge blocks, okay, hold on. Slide down into the pyramid and destroy it from the inside. Hold on. They, but first, what did they do to destroy those blocks? They pulled a tarp off of the blocks, yeah. like like they're hiding. These gigantic blocks. What's under this tarp? What's under the tarp? They pull the tarp off, destroy the two pillars, the block goes sliding down. So it, everything's really convenient. Like, number one, it's like, how did you get those huge blocks up there without anybody noticing? <laughs> number two, 
hiding it with a tarp. You might as well be Doc Brown throwing a tarp over the DeLorean <laughs> and saying it's a science experiment. <laughs> Nothing to worry about here. I thought it was stupid. Agreed. I thought that was dumb. I, I was going to say yeah. the same thing. Destroy those pillars and then like these huge Lego blocks go sliding down. And it's amazing that they made these blocks the exact same size as the slide. What purpose does that slide what what function does that have for the egyptians are they putting i mean if it serves a purpose if that's like real egyptian like it, then maybe i'm wrong maybe like mm. that's how they got things inside the pyramid maybe that's how they got treasures in there to bury it with their with their king is by <laughs> sliding shit down but it just felt too it felt weird for me, like watching them destroy these pillars and watching these blocks go down this slide and destroy it from the inside. And especially the, the fact that they, they pulled off the tarp like it was this big reveal, like, you didn't know this was here the entire time! Yeah, yes. It does seem like a gigantic like design oversight. Like, let's make this giant pyramid, and then, oh, there's these holes that, oh, we can build these. These blocks that happen to be suspended by two easily broken pillars. Yeah, it, it just it is. It seems like a really dumb game of like dominoes meets shoots and ladders kind of situation. Yeah, meets uh, ancient ancient Egypt. What Jake? Yeah. What were you thinking during this I, entire scene? I, I thought it was really stupid. Just the same thing you're saying. Like I thought it was dumb how they basically just hit one panic button and then just had everything just set up so perfectly. They the two pillars and then the whole plan is fucking in shambles. Yeah. yeah. Like it was fucking crazy. I also thought it was unfortunate that this was the <laughs> only scene that we ever see Oscar Isaac really in too. Yeah, no kidding. It was like what a fucking waste of Oscar Isaac basically in this. Oh movie. yeah, cuz he's covered up in makeup the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah so that was kind of annoying. It it was a little refreshing to see a villain, I guess, that was like it's the first time in any X-Men movie where the villain has been truly a bad guy Where yeah he, yeah but 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 this movie does such a great job of taking away from that and oh, making oh, him yeah. less interesting i agree yeah. i agree but just on conceit it's interesting that for Initial once conceit yeah. yeah for once it's a bad guy that's purely the, a bad guy but the movie's not about apocalypse at all he's no. basically used as a tool and this goes back to what you said them saying that not using fastbender this movie was about fastbender yeah. mm-hmm. the whole movie was about when is when is fastbender going to flip and how many x men movies do we have to watch where that happens every x men movie that's what we see is like when is fastbender gonna flip when is he gonna switch he's either gonna switch good or he's gonna switch bad yeah how many x many movies do they have to do that in how well, many they, times will singer show us the fucking broken <laughs> fence gate in well fucking Germany oh, when shit. they went back to auschwitz <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well specifically fast bear is in three and we've seen it three times now so <laughs> as many more times as he's in them yeah, Jay, you're being really quiet, man. Well, uh, well I, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't think like uh, the the things that I liked about the villains of this movie had to do with um, Apocalypse or his four horsemen. I think uh, what I liked about this was the focus on Fastbender's Magneto and James McAvoy's Xavier. I feel like that was like. From the beginning, from first class. But the movie is called X Men Apocalypse. I, I know that. I know that. And, and I feel like they 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 pulled the apocalypse card a little too early. And and and, and that's mm-hmm. and that that's why I can't Tupperware this is because Apocalypse was not the apocalypse. Where that do I you wanted. go now? Where do you go now? You've already burned your apocalypse card. You've used your apocalypse card. I mean, 
you basically like apocalypse means apocalypse. Yeah. Like the end of everything. And it's like you've already used that. It's like I think that this villain should have been used. Number one, I think Oscar Isaac was underused. Oh, agree. And number two, I think this character was introduced two, three, four movies too early. Yeah. Right. So Yeah. And, and and I would agree with you. I think like my focus was not on that. I think that was weak. And that, that's why this is not a Tupperware. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse was not the apocalypse that I wanted. The Four Horsemen were not the Four Horsemen that I wanted. But Fassbender and Xavier's relationship, Magneto and Xavier's relationship throughout this whole series made sense to me in this end. Mm. And uh, I, I thought that, like, that was my focus. I didn't, you know, Apocalypse aside... Granted, he's one of my favorite fucking villains. I'm disappointed that he was not given justice. He was not. And and I don't blame that on Oscar Isaac. I think Oscar Isaac, even though, given what he was given, still did a fucking great job as an actor. But the writing involved with his character and with his four horsemen fucking sucked. Agreed. Now, there were other things that make this a high taste for me, and that involved the introduction of the new team. And that involved... You know, Cyclops and Jean Grey. So my focus wasn't, you know, it sucks that it was called Apocalypse. Because to me, like, that was not my focus on the movie. Going into it, I was focused on Apocalypse. But when I watched it, that's not what I took away from it. I took away the new team. So for me, like, Apocalypse was a side note. I No, honestly, I liked, like, the honestly, uh, after the whole fucking bullshit ceremony and stuff like that, when they introduced... <laughs> Um, you know, more, we get Moira, Moira McTaggart. Yeah. She shows up and, uh, you know, she finds out about this group that are kind of like worshiping, you know, like this ancient mutant and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that she happened to go down the stairs and like the sunlight hits that very same spot. Yeah. She fucked it all up. And she fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. She did. Yeah. She yeah. awakened Apocalypse. Mm. But like, so like she awakens Apocalypse. I did like it though when he got out. He was scary at first. Yeah. Really scary. I enjoyed that. It was almost like a horror film when he was walking through the streets. He had the cloak on and like the one guy, uh, you know, he made, what did he, what did, what did he do? He made him like go into the wall. He like morphed him into yeah. the wall. And, and that was the guy I was about to chop off, uh, Storm. Wonder, yeah. Storm. Did you say Wonder Woman? No. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say Aurora. Universe. Aurora. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so like he, uh, he, uh, yeah, he fucked that one dude up, put him in, like, the wall. I was like, oh, my God, Apocalypse. And that was after he slit the other three guys' throat with, like, sand. Sand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was cool. I love that. It was, like, it felt like a very, like, like yeah. a horror movie. And he was, I was just like, kind of stalking around. You're not really, he's, you know, just trying to figure out what the hell's going on because he's been asleep for 3,600 plus yeah, years. Yeah, if I've been, if, the hell if I've slept for a long time, I wake up and I go around killing people. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Fuck man, I you know I went on like a I went on like I went on like a three day tear where I was up for three days drinking and shit. I fell asleep, woke up, and then I was I went around just killing people. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't I'm been ready, there? I'm ready to snap your neck right now, Hopner. <laughs> well, but yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't been there where you're on like a three day bender and you wake up and there's three, four dead bodies around? You're like, okay, what am I gonna do with this? What happened? Well, Jay would fuck him, but <laughs> well. <laughs> You know the thing- okay, not Jay, <laughs> a normal person. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I thought Apocalypse. I thought his introduction. At the first, I hate the character design. Yeah, it's I, not great. I do too. I, I actually was okay. 
okay. It grew enough on me, but it's not great. It needed if you got Oscar Isaac in the role, then let, yeah. let's see Oscar Isaac. Like, let him. I honestly play. think they, they could have done like a like a Spader, like a James Spader with the Ultron thing, and yeah. just done like a you know like a CG character, and just had Oscar Isaac's voice, and just let him use like his voice talents. Yeah, yeah. either way, either way, it seemed like he was not he was misused mm-hmm. for yeah. me because it just let him play. Then let him play because we we all saw how he was in uh, Force Awakens as Poe, and he was charismatic. He was great. For those who have seen Ex Machina, he's great in that. Let him play. Yeah. Let him do what he's best at. Yeah. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, op- the Apocalypse opening stuff was really dumb to me. How, yeah. Isn't it very quickly after that we get to the, uh, he's with Storm in her apartment. Mm-hmm. And then Once touch, he awakes, yeah. touching the TV. I thought that was one of the weakest scenes in the whole movie. Mm. And just kind of silly, like, superpowers and all that, <laughs> all that stuff. Like, it's like, basically that was like the catalyst for what he was going to do and what his plan was. Which I never really understood for the entire movie, really, well, what Apocalypse's end game was. His end game, okay, I, I do, I think I do. I mean, he, he was watching that and he saw that the weak had inherited the earth. Yeah. Okay, the weak had inherited the earth and they are the superpowers. And he's like, no, no, no. That's not the way this is, this is supposed to go. Um, you know, I'm supposed to be at the top of the fucking food chain here. And so his whole plan, and he said this, was to, Basically, rain terror upon the earth and then destroy everything. And whoever survived, the strong that survived, they would build a new earth, a new race. Mm-hmm. And whoever, whoever would survive from that destruction would, would start the new, whoever was strong enough to survive, they would be the ones that, that he would, would be ruler lead. of. Yeah. Right. That's basically what he said. It's kind of a pretty dumb plan. I don't know. Well, it actually, and the way he implements it later on, we'll get to it. I actually was some one of the things I liked about the movie. Well, he was just looking at like he was looking at like I mean he was looking at these other mutants like Storm like yeah. you like here she is like she's supposed to be a goddess and he even yeah. calls her a goddess and he's looking at her and he's like you're using your fucking powers to call up a little little bit of wind so you can steal fucking money. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what that's that's what that's what my children are doing now. That's what my children are doing. They're using their powers for this kind of bullshit. You should be running this fucking place. Right. And so that's that was his end game. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that stuff about him. How he kind of saw all of uh, mutant kind as like his descendants because he's supposed to be the first mutant. Yeah. Like, he saw all of them as his progeny, his children, and the way he kind of addressed them at that and. Um, Except for the ones he was going to kill to take their powers. <laughs> well, they didn't know. Well, they, they were the redheaded you, stepchild. You, you say kill, he says absorb into him. Yeah, they they had no idea he was going to do that. Yeah, though. but and it plays into when his plan is later on getting into very slightly here. We'll go back to it, but um, when he kind of detonates all the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. So my buddy uh, that I saw with last night, he was like, "Why didn't he just use those to kill everybody?" And my thought was, "Well, he would see that as an unclean victory. He would see that as an impure victory because he's using the weak's tool." What I don't do understand so. is about he's talking about how he needs Charles to amp. But I'm, I know I'm skipping ahead, but he needs Charles to amplify his powers all around the world. When on the flip side, he he amplifies fucking Magneto so that he can terraform the Earth and not terraform it, but destroy it with you, you know ripping the metal from every structure and destroying it. But it's like if you can do that, 
why do you need to bust into Cerebro to set off those nuclear weapons? Why can't you just do that little fucking trick where you just make everything fucking turn into sand? Yeah, it's a very good point. You know what I mean? Like, why can't he, like, Apocalypse just be like, you know what? Fuck your superpowers. Throw his fucking hand into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, all of a sudden, everything, all those fucking nuclear weapons just fucking turn to sand. That's a good yeah. point. I hadn't thought of that. And he's turning he's turning everyone else. He's, like, making them turn into, like, he's making, like, the, the those, like uh, in Poland, we got the scene of Yeah, him. at the metal plant or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, those guys are being pulled into the rock mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. shit like that. He's doing that to the humans, but, like, he never does that to any of the mutants except for Cyclops, which he doesn't finish the job on him. He just, like, partially enca- en- encapsules him in the fucking rock. Yes. Like, it's like, he's got all these powers, but he's not using them mm-hmm. the way we've seen him use them previously in the film. It's kind of what one of my problems with them is that his power set and whatever he's absorbed and whatever he can do is very vague. It's very whatever the plot needs to be at the time. Right. Whether as strong or as weak as it needs to be. Because, yeah, it's like, okay, at the one hand you might go, well, maybe he can't exert it across the globe to dematerialize everybody's nuclear arsenal simultaneously. But at the same time, it's like, but it's doing other stuff. And, yeah, if he can enhance Magneto's to the point where he can destroy the fucking planet, like, why can't he do that on his own? If he can give that to somebody else, why can't he fucking do it himself? He does reach it all the way across the globe to launch everyone's nuclear weapons, though. So well, no, that's, have... that's him using it through Xavier to have Xavier's... That's easier to Because oh, okay, okay, right, Xavier, right. yeah, because he's connected to it at the time. It's, it's very convenient of just... it's He can do whatever the plot as written needs it to be in the moment. And yeah. that, that's one of my problems with it, is that it's very inconsistent. Yeah, but I, I feel like he wants worshippers. He wants slaves. Sure. So he's not he's not out to kill everybody necessarily. Yeah, but no, I mean if his end game is to create destroy an apocalypse them. and destroy everybody, where are the slaves there? He wants only the strong to survive. And they mentioned several times cleanse the planet. He says that every, people in the Pentagon say it of the humans, not the mutants. Yeah, but I guess it's a matter of just what he can do. So why couldn't he have just dis- destroyed everybody's nuclear arsenal he without launching it, it up? No, he no, just, he would have killed everybody. But without, if you just, if he just like destroyed the rockets to it simultaneously across the globe instead of just launching them up and having them self destruct up, you know, there in the atmosphere or whatever, why couldn't he have done it that way instead? Why did he need uh, Charles and Sir? Well, then if he to- did that, if he would exerted that kind of power, we'd be like, why didn't he just win at the end then? Yeah, but that's kind of. What part of my problem is that we can give Magneto the power to cleanse the surface of the planet as the way he's trying to do it. So why couldn't he just do that himself? Why couldn't he do something similar to it himself at some point? Is that what Magneto was doing? I was confused by what, that, too. What, that's a problem. Too. At the end of the movie. Uh-huh. It doesn't like he was just swirling shit around himself the whole time. No, 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 no. Magneto was like, he amplified his power. Yes. And so what Magneto was doing was like, all the buildings on the earth yeah. and every like every all the metal in the earth was like ripping away from like the surface buildings the surface everything it was except the twin towers it was destroying <laughs> it was destroying the earth is what it was doing yeah okay yeah, which you know and at the end they're like we've avoided catastrophe it's like no if what what we saw he was doing no 
billions would be dead. Yeah, bridges were being destroyed. All kinds of crazy but, things. But those bridges, every movie, I, I know, every movie. The effects, the, the effects for the bridge yeah. and the effects for the uh, what was it? The in Australia, the um, that dome, the opera house, the opera, the opera house. house. Yeah. Those looked phenomenal. Yeah, they looked I'll say, But in contrast, that that shipyard they came back to like two or three times looked atrocious. The what? The, the what? There was a weird part where when he's, you know, doing his thing and he's like stripping the entire world, there was a sh- random shipyard they were showing where like you were seeing all the like, um, trail, like, uh, semi trailer crates and, uh, stuff flying up in the air. The effects on that particular one looked terrible. Hmm. Hmm. But I, I would say that, you know, First of all, Apocalypse in the comics even surrounds himself with the Four Horsemen. That that dude is not alone. He does not want to be alone ever. I mean, look look what he did with Archangel. That is his, you know, his like his creation. I made him for me. So like to me, like Apocalypse does not want to do this alone. Even if he could, even if he had the power to do so. I feel like his character is always surrounding himself with whatever the most powerful that that is left. He's always been willing to sacrifice. Whether that that is like killing the fucking weak, you know, to make those people rise up or not. Yeah, he he will fucking do that. But in this movie, especially, and I and, and I think it echoes in the comics. That dude does not do anything by himself. No, I agree. He does not want to be by himself. Yeah, no, it, it's never been about being the only person left on the fucking head. No, e- even if he believes like he is the most superior of all creation, he still makes something. No, he, his, he still makes something else. It he still, still gets lonely, too. He well, gets his, lonely, his, too. His, yeah. his M.O. has always been about evolution. Right. And uh, as very Darwinism, as you were saying, stronger survive, those who are left alive and will become stronger by doing so and so forth. Right. So if he let he let all those nukes off, he would kill everybody. No, no, it wouldn't be setting them off. It would be... No, they were going straight into outer space. He wanted, yeah. to, he wanted to take the power away. Oh, get rid of all the weapons. Yeah, yeah. this whole yeah. thing. I was, thing was, I was just saying... They were calling them the super Power. He was like upset about superpowers, so yeah. he's like, okay, "So he's the superpower." What makes yeah. you the superpower? No, now you're not the superpower yeah. anymore. Right. I my, am. My my. Th- what I was saying earlier was just that if he could, his powers are inconsistent to where if he can enhance Magneto to the point of what we're seeing him doing, why couldn't he have just? Put his hand to the ground and made all the missile silos across the globe, the rockets that are attached to the warheads, just disintegrate. And that's what destroy. I said earlier. Well, I think that's what I was saying. I was reinforcing just turn to your sand. point. Yeah. yeah, I think that's his reinforcing power. That, point. that is, is that not his power? But then, why couldn't he have done it to that scale? It's that's my point. Is just it's inconsistent because that would be, I guess, anticlimactic from a narrative standpoint. He can't do it himself, but he can enhance all these other people's powers. <laughs> that you know? seems why. Like why else would he surround himself with the four horsemen? Why can't he do it himself? Because that's my, yeah. But but why would he? If he could do it himself, why would he have the four horsemen? to begin with pestilence death war the people at the beginning of the movie well apparently he can do it himself all he needs to do is transfer himself into that body hold on he was trying to transfer himself into charles xavier but then why have the four horsemen he could try he could try he could hold on hold on he can transfer himself into charles xavier and once he does that then he can control everybody on the planet that's what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. so if he can't do these things he could have honestly he could have transferred himself into magneto and i guess taken over that power of magneto's yeah but but to yeah. me but to me right? Char- yeah 
But to me, Charles was the draw because he didn't know any other mutant that could do that. Yeah. And he couldn't do it himself. No, yes. At the time, it seemed like he, when, you know, when we last saw him before he got fucking stuck in the fucking rocks underneath uh, Cairo and stuff. Yeah, he had never, he had never met a psychic possibly ever or certainly to Charles' capability. We're spending way too much time on this, I think. Probably. I think we are. I think we need to move on. Agreed. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Apocalypse's power set was wonky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's just agree to disagree <laughs> on all that. Let's yep. talk about, um, let's talk about, let's jump into the scenes in Poland. We've got, uh, Magneto. We've got his, uh, he's, he's, he's got a wife. He's got a daughter now. He's living in Poland, been living there for the past 10, 11 years now. Yeah. This was some of my favorite stuff. Yeah. Be- it was my best stuff of the movie for, for sure. And, uh, we find out, you know, he's like working in like a steel mill and everything like that. And, uh, um, <clears throat> what the, what the earthquake happens. Mm-hmm. That earthquake was from the, the apocalypse, uh, apocalypse awakening. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And it's felt all <laughs> over the world. And so like that one dude almost gets killed and then Magneto stops like that big, huge piece of fucking like metal and shit from crushing him. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, never mind. Thank you, you, Hotner. Great addition. Thank you, Hotner. So glad to have you here to clear that up for us. It's a, uh, uh, it's a fucking brain fart from Hotner. That's what it fucking was. No, I know what it is, but I'm just not gonna, nobody cares. You're just not gonna tell us. Nobody cares anyway. It's, uh, I'm gonna interrupt the podcast to, to, uh, back to you, Brian. (laughs) I'm glad I could chime in. Yeah. With nothing. You're welcome. Um, So then, oh, see, you make me lose my train of thought, Hopner. I know. You, you make me lose my train of thought. You're welcome. No, no, knock it off. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm asking you nicely to knock it off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Getting awkward. Um, so, like, yeah, he saves that guy's life. But some guys notice. Some guys yes. notice. Few of them. Few of them <laughs> notice. Next day, you know, he fucking, uh, uh, what is it? Him and his wife are talking. He's like, I, we gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think people know. We just gotta get out of here. And, uh, they're looking around for their daughter. She's gone. She's missing. Next thing you know, they, they, they run outside. They hear her screaming. They run out into the woods. And there's 10 police officers. About, about 10. Yeah, I think, I'm good, guessing. good guess. Yeah. 10 police officers. And they have his daughter. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. A little fucked up, right? That these, they, in order to get his attention, they're gonna fucking kidnap his fucking uh, his daughter. Yeah, they're that scared of mutants. Apparently, people are terrible. That's crazy, yeah. and none of them are wearing their badges because they're worried about the metal. Mm-hmm. I, li- I like that little piece of it too. Yeah, I, I like how Magneto brings it up. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, he's Magneto's like. You know, yeah, I'm the guy from ten years ago. I, I am the Magneto. I'm that guy, and uh, just I know yeah. I still look the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's been ten years. Don't worry like, about that. Yeah. So it's like I'll turn myself in, just hand over my daughter, and so he does. He goes over there, and next thing you know, his daughter starts freaking out. What's her name? Nina. Nina. Yeah. 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 And she starts freaking out, and uh, all of a sudden, I, what, what's the deal with the crows? I think she has some sort of like latent animal control yeah. or like empathy. Yeah, she has her own mutant power. She has a mutant power. Cause but... that, I assume that's why in hindsight why like the deer were hanging out with her or the reindeer earlier, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah when exactly. she's out in the backyard. She has some kind of control over animals. Yeah. Oh, she's Snow White. Yes. <laughs> I was, kinda, just, yeah, I was I mean, just thinking DC's animal, man. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> I like Snow White. Yeah, Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
uh, one of the guys uh, is holding a bow and arrow, and of course they don't have guns because it's metal. Yeah. I so like that uh, little detail. Yeah. He's holding a bow. He must have had that thing really pulled back. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, he was ready to fire. Agreed, especially yeah. after the twofer happens by accident. Yeah. That, that must have been quite the bow. <laughs> yeah, so he killed both of them, two for the price of one. Yeah. Big fuck up. That's what I thought for a couple seconds. The- like, oh, he killed the yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, he killed Donald, and then it took a couple seconds. I'm like, oh, he got the wife too. Wow. Yeah, the arrow went through both the mother and the daughter. It was, uh, it was a mother daughter kebab. Yeah. That's a hard shot to do, like, on purpose. I know. Yeah, like, right? That's this, what I'm saying. This guy's, like, he's like the Lee Harvey Oswald of fucking archers. I think there was a second archer. <laughs> you think Hawkeye was in this movie? Yeah, yeah the grassy knoll. Yeah, behind the fucking grassy knoll, there was a second archer. Oliver Queen was in this? Yeah. <laughs> The accidental Robin Loxley over here. <laughs> and then um, that results into um, him taking his daughter's necklace. Was it his daughter's necklace or his wife's necklace? Uh, his his daughter's. It's the one yeah. he gave to her that yeah. had his parents the, in yeah. it. Yeah. And it's made out of metal. And then that goes like through all of their necks. Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Kill them all. He goes all Yandu on their asses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. need to whistle, though. No, no, he doesn't need to whistle. <laughs> he just thinks it. And then kills him. And I thought that was a pretty fucking powerful, awesome scene. That it was, it was. That I, was. It, probably the most emotional scene of the whole movie, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, fuck. Man. I agree. Like, I didn't, I was like, fuck it, Magneto, go full on Magneto again. Fuck these motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, I was with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got Hopner over here saying that we didn't get enough Magneto. <laughs> now, what my point, and I'm glad, cause I was waiting for us to get to this point of the, uh, movie review is that, this is where his, well, the next scene when we see him in Auschwitz, that's where his character development peaks and then ends. Hmm. He does nothing afterwards. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> he's, the, he's the turning point of the whole third arc. The whole third arc, he was the turning point. Like, without him... We without, were waiting for him to do something, without which we've him, seen him do twice already. Without him turning, we've got nothing else. And then the whole movie... Xavier is trying to communicate to him. I, 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 Xavier, which we've seen in two other movies. Your no, no. Your point. Uh, fuck it. The other two movies. Your point was he has nothing else to do with the rest of the movie. While the four horsemen are on the cliff talking with Apocalypse, you've got Charles directing his entire conversation at Eric talking mm-hmm. to Magneto. Huge part of the movie right there. He's trying to, he's, he's basically saying, Eric, I know you. He's not talking to fucking Angel. He's not talking to Psylocke or Storm. He doesn't know them. He knows Eric and he's telling Eric, I know you. I know you. And then he, on the cliff, and he's also talking to him through that psychic connection that they had later mm-hmm. on. The, the whole movie, the whole movie, they actually, and I have a problem with this, they take the focus off of Apocalypse, yeah. mm-hmm. and they put it on Fastbender's Magneto. <clears throat> so I totally disagree with you that the rest of the movie, that he's not a big player in this movie. I don't think he should have been. I think the, I think the, I think the focus should have been Apocalypse. You got a villain like Apocalypse, and you're gonna fucking shortchange him. Yeah, it's fucked up. And, you, and I, I feel like they gave more time to fucking Fastbender and made him a bigger uh, 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 pivotal character in this movie than than the actual villain. Yeah, am, right. I, am I right or yeah, wrong? You're, you're, you're completely right, and I Absolutely. think it, I think it's an easy he fix is too. Right. It's a it's a totally easy fix. You just don't have Magneto as one of the fucking four horsemen at this point. How else do you put him in the movie though? You make him a fucking X Men. 
And you have him with Professor X at the beginning it's of the It's been done in the comics. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Instead of let's do the flippity floppity shit for the third fucking for the time third, in a row. How many fucking movies are going to do this shit with fucking Magneto? That's my point, is that for the third time we have him doing this flippity floppity back and forth. You, I, I didn't say that he has nothing to do with it. I said he has something new to do. It's the same thing that we've seen for uh, I'm gonna, two I'm other gonna, movies. I'm going to rewind this episode. You might actually be right, and that means I misspoke in the earlier part. Which, okay. Yeah, you know. But my point is this. We've seen Hobner, this I just, I, No, Hopner, I, 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 out of all this review, I just want you to know that I love just jumping down your ass. <laughs> that's fine. That's, no, that's what this whole fucking episode's about. Is, is, just, it, is it warm and cozy in there? <laughs> no. It, uh, Earth 69, a little bit. All right. But no. On, fair enough. Hopner, I'm <laughs> fucking with you. I, yeah, I said fair enough. You yeah, want to jump think, down there, that's on you. That's fine. <laughs> I think that even more than not making Magneto a he full horseman. If his ass is cozy. <laughs> Like fucking, you want, you want me to give a fucking? You're the one spelunking down no, you're, there. No, you're the one wanting a fucking Yelp review about your ass. <laughs> Yelp. Jesus Christ! What the fuck? How was your visit to my ass? <laughs> Who the fuck uses Yelp? <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> um, I, he does. I would flip flop actually the Magneto Mystique shit. I would put Mystique on the Four Horsemen. Yes. Yeah. Like have, I did an X Men Evolution. Well, have Magneto that. be with the X Men and have it be Magneto and Xavier trying to break through to Mystique. Much better which idea. Is something we haven't seen. Much that's, better idea. Well, that's brilliant. I mean, I I know that. We all know that Jen, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is not going to come back and do another movie. Yes. Thank God. And this would be the way to end her character in the whole series. Yes. Instead of I having it that. not make any fucking sense when we never see her again. I love this. And also let's keep having her phoning in a conversation, uh, her performance. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think she, I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that she phoned in her performance. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I think the writers didn't give her the greatest thing going. The, yeah, the, the, the writers. She's been the focal point of three movies now in a row, and one of them she was all right in. She hasn't been the focal point of First Class. Before First Class... Her relationship between Charles and uh, Eric, that was the focal... Like, the focal point was her emotionally. Not plot-wise, but emotionally. It's her... To her being torn between the two of them. Yeah, I'll give you that. And then it's the same thing again in uh, Days of Future Past, and now it's the same thing. I'm just oh, saying, yeah. like, her stardom has become a problem for this series. I agree. And it's her ego to that stardom is really yeah. the problem. Yeah, have her she make the ultimate sacrifice at the end of the movie and turn away from the horsemen and, you know, get Magneto away from that fucking shit. That shit's so tired. He hates Yelp, man. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that, man? I don't know. That, I don't a lot know. of people use Yelp, you get, dude. Your ass gets a hundred well, one-star reviews. Up. You start not liking this yeah. shit. I mean, the thing is, it's like, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you go to a restaurant, man, you can have those places eating out of your hands <laughs> if you give them a fucking bad review, man. A well, apparently people... they need to be eating out of my ass. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, Jesus, getting all defensive. Guy thinks he's Jay over here. <laughs> huh? No, 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 because he's a five-star all the time. <laughs> Uh, guys, let's take a quick break. Yes, we'll be right back. And ourselves a tree. I forgot about that. I'm yeah, I'm playing it. <sighs> yeah, we're recording. <laughs> this noise is scaring me. Hold on, let me interrupt you real quick. Uh, you're you're notorious for that. I don't know. <laughs> is that Darth Vader? No. <laughs> This is uh, actually Magneto not playing a vital part of the movie. <laughs> right, Hobner? Yeah, absolutely. He's swirling sound effects around him. 
He's he's overplayed. <laughs> I like this. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a knockoff Terminator kind of <laughs> situation over here. It's like one of those Pink Floyd like four minute intros. <laughs> <laughs> we no let's, let's throw in some bird noises here. <laughs> Where's Red Wing? <laughs> fucking digging this though. Good fucking yeah tune, man. I do like this. It is some good eighties. It's like fucking surround sound in my headphones. Don't let it spill your bourbon, man. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> Getting a little too into it. <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Settle down, Jay. I fucking love this music. What did, what did Brian say to you? We're not having that guy. <laughs> he told me not to have anymore. <laughs> to be fair, that was about four hours ago. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Fuck yeah, they did. God damn, they yeah. did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Little journey meets Genesis right here. Jeez, got that synth in the background. Children of the sun. Ah, the sun worshippers. Yes. Appropriate. Bet your fucking ass, children of the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Jinxos? What now? Yeah, I was totally somewhere else. Jake knows. Oh yeah, I I was. I was in the land right there. Uh Land lost over there. (laughs) Who the fuck is this? Billy Thorpe, man. Oh, nice. I wanted to iTunes this later. It's uh, Billy Thorpe, not Daniel Hopner, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> this fucker knew what's up. This guy, Billy Thorpe. Yeah. He knew what's up. He knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking little sweet going on. Yeah, a little sweet action. <laughs> All right, Children of the Sun, guys. Beautiful. Yeah, nice. All right. Loved it. Very good. Let's jump back into this, man. You know what I fucking loved about it? Uh, some of the one of the scenes that I loved in X Men uh, Apocalypse was the uh, the mutant battle. Yeah, for sure. Love the mutant battle between Angel and Nightcrawler. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the effects were on point. Uh, the wings looked amazing. I thought the use of the power set for both characters was on point. Uh, what I didn't understand was like how the electrical interference like affected their powers. I've yeah. never heard of yeah. that before. Why can't Nightcrawler just bamp outside of that? I, that yeah. was the thing for me because of the electricity, uh. and it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, like I've never, I've never heard of that in the comic book. That was like something new that they kind of like introduced into this, and I thought it was kind of stupid. Yeah, it seemed very uh, contrived for the moment because in during the fight he can't bamf out of it. But then when the uh, Mystique fucks up the whole uh, power grid and so it shorts out, then they bamf immediately outside of the building. Mm-hmm. 
So it was. It's that seemed inconsistent, but I did like the fight itself. It that that was really good. It was like a Brian Singerism there, where he just kind of did what he pleased. Yeah. yeah. Did we get a bit of a Blob appearance there right before that? That fight? was yeah. Blob. Yeah. Which how did Angel beat Blob? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Angel was a little little overpowered, I would say. Yeah, for in sure. that moment, and then never again. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, but it, it seemed like they brought that electrical field in just to, you know, say that, well, he can't escape later on in this film either. Cause it seemed like a setup for later on when he couldn't, cause, um, when they went to the Weapon X stuff. Yeah. Or the Weapon Project stuff and everything, and the, inside the helicopter and then inside the base where they had the dampener fields that, again, were rather unexplained, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a setup for the new TV show Mutant Cage Fights. <laughs> Excited for that show. Mutant <laughs> Cage Fights. <laughs> Rumble in the inner city jungle. <laughs> Hopefully Hopner's not a commentator. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll have you know, I can put people to sleep with the best of them. <laughs> we, we do not doubt that. Uh, Joe Rogan just quit. He can't, <laughs> he can't work with Hopner. They <laughs> <laughs> have Michael Buffer. He's left. Even with all the DMT, Rogan still quit. <laughs> wow, Rogan DMT joke. Yeah. I'm liking that, Jay. Pull me over there with Michael Cole for you, Jay. <laughs> Guys, what did we think about Psylocke in this movie? We're introduced to Psylocke. Uh, she's one of uh, Caliban's enforcers. And then... Uh, she was a, a giant waste. Olivia Munn was a huge waste in this film. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. We were so hyped for Olivia Munn's life. I still think it's great casting. It's great casting. I think so. She yeah. looked, she looked they, the part. Yeah, if they did something with her. Yeah, no, she looked the part. She could have done well with the part but yeah it was she i I think she was still better than archangel you know like and and i would have thought archangel would have far exceeded psylocke oh uh, how how, ben hardy was in uh what 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 x-men movie was in was he in the last stand yeah yeah yeah. was he good in that one no no No, but archangel as a character should be way superior to who psylocke is as a character and i i think they did a better job of showing who she is than they did archangel Mm. um i think that's splitting hair saying which of those two characters was better or worse (laughs) (laughs) But, but i would say i would say to that the worst thing that they did with her was when she just walked away from the fight. Oh, yeah. She had no character evolution whatsoever. But I also think, on the flip side, the best thing they did with her was give her a accurate costume to what we know from the comics. Right. It's kind of the the best and worst is that, well, she looked the part. She did look the and part. And that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. Yeah, it felt like, to me, like, it was just like, oh, let's just throw Psylocke in this movie because, yeah. like, people know who she is and she looks cool. Yeah, we've Which, never seen her before. Let's yeah. do that. No, no, you did see yeah. her in X-Men Last Stand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only she had Wallflower's power then. Yeah. I've retconned a lot of that movie out of my mind. <laughs> well, well, so Brian, did the movies. Brian Singer retconned it as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But they, they did do more with her, and, and, and that's unfortunate. You know, I wish... Archangel's one of my favorite fucking characters. I'm still waiting to hear why you high-tasted this, man. I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. Like, it's not it's not as good as uh, Future Past for yeah. me. But I, I honestly almost enjoyed this more than Civil War. 
I hate to say that because... Oh, God. Because, yeah, everyone's going to fucking tear me a new asshole because Civil War was better done. Yes. Wants first dibs. It was better done. <laughs> well, but, then why are you saying you almost like this? That, that makes no sense. I thought this was a fun fucking X-Men movie. I really did. I, I, I Out of all the X-Men movies... Days of Future Past excluded. Like Days of Future I'm Past d- is my pinnacle. Okay, okay, hold on. Let's let's just stop here real quick because I'm gonna <laughs> no. I'm hold on. I'm gonna give you a chance to kind of because like that last statement is asinine in my opinion. <laughs> so I'm gonna no, but I want to give. I want you to be able to explain this. So, I, I will. Yeah. Okay. As of, why is X Men Apocalypse better than Civil War in your opinion? As a fan of the X Men from the nineties. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of the comic books and the cartoons, I did not have to take the like. I'm not taking this as seriously as I would something like the Avengers. With the Avengers, I've already you know we've already had these great movies, and um, you know there's there's something to be taken seriously about those films. But at the same time, it's a comic book. It's a comic book movie. Okay, mm-hmm. so how seriously am I going to take this going into it? I'm not. I'm not going so to. So you're just going in like you know what? Fuck it. I'm going in all loosey goosey. Just throw whatever the fuck you want out there. I'm going to love it. No, no, not at all. Not at all. If if there were if there was enough of this that was you know just pure bullshit to me, I would I would have hated it. But I I had a lot of fun with it. Mm. And and you know that that to me is a personal preference. And that to me. Uh, a lot about this movie echoed what I loved about the 90s. Fucking, you know, ridiculous fucking bullshit that I was brought up with in the X-Men franchise. I was not brought up with that same kind of story material in the Avengers. It's a totally different, it's, it's a totally different subject matter. It's, I would say the same thing to you guys for liking Guardians of the Galaxy over Avengers, if, if you did that. If you said, well, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy was better than the Avengers. It was. And a lot of people believe that. I and know. I think that's total bullshit. I, I agree. I think agree. that's I think the same perspective can be taken from the X-Men. What I loved about the X-Men from the 90s, I got from this movie. I was not taking it seriously. It, my reasoning for liking Guardians more than Avengers isn't related to because I like I, I like Avengers more. You had fun with it. Yeah. You had fun with Guardians. I have fun with Days of Future Past. I had I had a lot of fun with uh, First Class. I had fun with Days of Future Past. And I had a lot of fun with this one. I had more fun with this than I did with the fucking bullshit monotony that I got from from Civil War. Even though I fucking love Civil War. I'm not discounting Civil wow. War. I don't it's, understand uh, this. It's a, it's, a different fucking, it, it's a different fucking universe. They're both a high taste, well, but there was bullshit. But they're not the same universe. Let, let me, can I ask you this then? Is it because, based on the previous movies in both franchises, you have a different expectation set from the X-Men franchise than you do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise? To to me, the X-Men franchise right now, with what Singer has done with with, uh, Days of Future Past and this movie, is more freeing, and it's different from what I'm getting from the Avengers. Even though Avengers is still my pinnacle, the first Avengers movie is still my favorite you know, fucking superhero movie. I think um, X-Men Apocalypse takes itself way more seriously than Civil War, and I also find it to be a little bit cliched as fuck in a lot of instances. Like, it's like... I can say the same thing about Avengers. It's like the paint-by-numbers, like, superhero movie in a lot of ways. I can say the same thing about Civil War. Well, 
No, no, no. You can't. You can say it, uh, but it wouldn't be true. It's not true. Uh, hold on, hold on. I can say the sky is green, but I can say Daniel Hobner doesn't say anything stupid. But that's <laughs> we all know that's not true. I think it's the same fucking shit. Like if I'm going to the, st- the stakes in Civil War were not as big as the stakes. Like this was like world ending shit, right? Yeah. Like the stakes yeah. in Civil War was just like between Captain America and Tony. Uh-huh. And just like Brian said, it's the third X Men movie in a row where we're seeing Magneto do the flip flop. Like it's it's we're doing the same thing again. Exactly. Yeah. We're doing the same thing with Iron Man in every single Avengers movie. We're not too. doing the same thing in Civil War. We've never done that before. The stakes weren't world destroying. The stakes were internal, and which we've never seen that in an MCU MCU movie yet before. Hmm. We've never seen like a team crumbling apart. And, you know, not be this world disaster villain thing going on. Yeah, it had nothing Agreed. to do with, like, the destruction of the world, which, like, I don't think every movie to be successful, you have to see the destruction of the world in every movie. One of my favorite movies of all time is Back to the Future. Yeah. Back to the Future, like, we're not looking at, like, okay, you know, Doc Brown teases that, like, oh, there might be a time paradox and it'll destroy the universe. But that never happens. It's it's about Marty saving his family. And I think some of like the most personal stories can be told that way, which I felt like Civil War did that. It was a personal story between Tony Stark and Captain America, Steve Rogers. Agreed. And I Absolutely. felt like that had bigger stakes for me emotionally than I ever felt in anything that was going on in X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing different from what Apocalypse is trying to do like than what fucking like Roman. Lex Luthor is doing I, in Superman Returns. But this or, is, or, or like even a million, Ronan and yeah, a million other villains and but a million it, other comic book movies. But this to me was like the whole series itself had nothing to do with Apocalypse. This was all about Charles and Magneto. But the movie's called X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, it's kind of a don't problem. give a shit. But I mean, it's kind of a problem when I think you should when your entire movie is named after the character that they don't give justice to. It's also for me. It's this: is that we've had six X Men movies. We'd have two Wolverine movies, sure. and a Deadpool yes. movie aside. Yeah, but six X Men movies, and all six have been about the dynamic between Xavier and Magneto. I agree. All of them them have been. And it's a great dynamic, but let's get a change of fucking perspective. Let's get something different. Let's get anything different. I agree. And even if I play devil's advocate and say, okay, X-Men Apocalypse, I can get over the fact that Apocalypse doesn't matter and that the true, like, meat of the story. I'm saying, I'm pretending I'm devil's advocate. I can say that the meat of the story is the Xavier Magneto stuff. Even that is still, like... The audience is stupid if they think for one second at the end of the movie that Magneto isn't just going to flip-flop back to Xavier and save the fucking day. Like, it's the tropiest shit ever. Paint by numbers, man. Yeah, especially when his son's part of the climax. But, but you know, at the same time, you know, you can, you can say that, and I agree with you. Um, but... Like for me, those char- the, the characters of the X Men are way more interesting to me. Also, than the characters of the Avengers. I'm sorry, but like Days of Future Past, like exceeded my expectations as far as a superhero movie goes. And to see these characters in this movie, also like I'm way more interested in what they're doing than I am the Avengers. And that's that's a personal preference. 
And so that's going to, of course, like make my rating higher for what the X-Men are doing. I'm sorry, but um, Civil War makes me excited for solo movies for these characters. Civil War made me excited for the civ- like the solo movie for Spider-Man. I felt like they did such a great job with that character. Yeah. Civil War made me excited for a Black Panther solo movie. Watching Apocalypse did not make me Fucking like, oh my god, can't wait for that new fucking Psylocke movie. I, I'm just yeah. saying, Cyclops, uh, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler. I can't, can't wait for that solo Storm movie. I'm talking about... Alexandra Ship can ship her ass on off to the next franchise. <laughs> she Honestly, because she's not a great Storm. She's better than Halle Berry, but that's not saying much. I would say right. this. I actually thought she... In the very few moments we had with her before Apocalypse did the whatever enhancement to her, I thought she was good in that. But yeah, once that happens, there's nothing else to her because she's just a minion at that point in time. But I'm saying like all the characters in Civil War, except for like, let's say, okay, War Machine, Mm -hmm. I think everybody else could kind of like carry their own movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just felt like this character, I felt like this movie, there's not enough for me to really be like, okay. Ty Sheridan Cyclops. That's a movie I want to see. I'm not saying they're great. Jean Grey. Yeah. Jean Grey's fucking, uh, you know, uh, Sophie Turner's Jean Grey. That's a, that's a solo movie I want to see. No. I actually thought she did poorly. So. I'm not saying these characters live up to the standards of what we know of in the fucking Avengers movie Mm -hmm. universe. I'm not saying that at all. They don't compare. They don't. But for me, like, those characters are way more interesting to me right now because I am, I am burnt out on the Marvel movies. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. Like, Marvel Avengers Civil War, I don't give a fuck. Right now, I am more interested in what the X-Men are doing, even if this was not the perfect fucking film. Um, this was way more fun to me than Civil War because it was something a little bit, I felt like the emotion was there. I did not feel a lot of the emotion from Civil War that I felt from this movie. With Scott and Gene and Nightcrawler, I felt I felt connected. With Iron Man and and God, and- I felt like fucking Civil War led up to like uh, four or five other movies where you saw a culmination of the relationship between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. I'm not saying and you that. You saw that. Hold on, you saw that fall apart. That's all the emotion that I need. All the, all the emotion that I need from fucking Civil War is that end scene where fucking uh, Tony finds out that Steve knew that Bucky killed his parents. As soon as he finds that out, man, he fucking pops fucking Steve in the face. Yeah. Man, that that was powerful, man. And that fucking final fight was powerful. So I, much more emotional. I, mo- emotional. I got chills from that. I didn't get chills from anything that I saw in the, in the ending moments of Apocalypse. I don't, I, guys. I don't want to take. Yeah, guys, you know, I, 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 guys, hold on, hold on. Okay, so hold on. One at a time. I high tasted. Okay, I high tasted Civil War. I don't fucking hate Civil War at all. We call it bullshit. No, I did not. I'm just saying, like to me, this is more exciting. The to me personally. The X-Men universe is way more exciting than what the Avengers has to offer. I don't care who the fuck's doing it. I don't care how good it is. At this point, like, okay, I but, want to then, see then more X-Men. You're bringing your preconceived notions about the characters into the movie. I can't that help that. Nothing to do with I, can't, I can't fucking help that. You guys fucking do, too. You, do, you can't tell me that you don't like X-Men more than Avengers or Avengers more than X-Men. 
Yeah, I like Avengers more than Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's it's just as a, characters before not, the movies. I'm not saying that, but you like Guardians of the Galaxy the movie more than you do any Avengers and, film, and that's why I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. You guys like Guardians of the Galaxy because of your perspective. My perspective is X Men, and I think this fucking delivered for me, and I'm excited to see where it goes. No, no, like okay, hold on. I'm not trying to come down on you. I'm just saying, like you're talking about, like you care about these characters, and you felt like you were emotionally, like these characters are doing more for you emotionally. I brought up the fact of what they did for me emotionally in Civil War. What emotionally got to you in this film? Like what got to you? I I, I honestly like the the Jean Grey and Cyclops and uh, Nightcrawler stuff were phenomenal. Explain and and the Magneto stuff, everything involving those characters and fucking Xavier. What, I, about, what about Nightcrawler? I th- I think, what was it about Nightcrawler that got to you? I think the only weak point of this was was Apocalypse himself, and and I agree with you guys for you know. <laughs> You know, like, okay, yeah, this was called X-Men Apocalypse. (laughs) But for me, like, it was Who who did the Yoda laugh? That was me. (laughs) Oh, okay. But but for me, it was about bringing this new team in, and I appreciated that. I appreciated Gene and Scott and Nightcrawler done right, I think, for the first time. For the first time ever in this franchise. I thought there was and a that, lot of wasted opportunity with those characters. I agree. I, I thought that the relationship between Gene and uh, Scott was, at best, wrote, at worst, trite. I, I disagree with that. I thought the relationship was fine. I just thought they didn't get enough to chew on. That's I, the problem. I, I feel like a big example is like when they they take the car and they go to the mall. Like, let's have... It's the fucking 80s, and they're going to the fucking mall. Let's have fun with that. Yeah, and let's, Gray, let's and Cyclops, that. and a, Nightcrawler. That's a deleted scene. Oh, really? Well, there are there are pictures that were posted on the internet of them at the mall picking out records. Oh, the Dazzler record. And one of the records is a Dazzler record. I'd love to see that. With Taylor Swift as Dazzler. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's I, the kind of scene I wanted to see with those characters. I agree. Guys, we're going to get a... Uh, like Last time in Days of Future Past, we got a rogue cut yeah we're gonna get a jubilee cut because we didn't i was get, gonna say we where, didn't, where the fuck was she we didn't get to see any jubilee powers that was yeah. filmed so i believe we will get what's called a jubilee cut okay. yeah because she was because she was the fourth wheel on that trifecta of the gene scott and nightcrawl and then she was there the whole rest of the time until the plot dictated that she's not there anymore which I was disappointed with because I she was here with them the whole time, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, gone." Yeah, I actually did dig the Gene and Scott relationship, though. It was one of the parts of the movie I did dig, and I, I, think I, a lot I, of, I wish there was more of it. That's the thing I but, wanted more of but, it. But I think if people are going to make such a big deal out of Quicksilver in the in the in, in Days of Future Past, they're going to make such a big deal out of his fucking you know three minute five minute scene. But they're not going to make a big deal out of what happened with Gene and Scott in this movie and say that's just as important. Because the movie didn't make a big deal out of it. it I it think kinda... it did. I, I mean, for me, that's what I took out of it. There's also a what, real... what was it then that you took out of it? I just their relationship and and how it defined who uh, Scott was based on uh, you know where he came from and and. What Alex had done before that, you know, being at the school before him and setting this example and then also telling uh, uh, Raven what a great person that Scott was, Mm -hmm. you know, all those little things to me added up to 
what I wanted to see from Scott and Gene from the very, very beginning, which okay. we did not get from X-Men 1. We did not get from X-Men 2. And and that, to me, was huge. So it, it's it's a difference of opinion. I fucking love Civil War. I don't want anyone to think I don't fucking love Civil War. No, fucking, you toss it. I do. I, I fucking love Civil War. But X-Men, I want to see that shine. And so for me, that had elements of... What made that shine? It's just, it sounds, I love X Men too. I want to see it shine too. Can it's, I ask you? It just sounds like quick? it sounds like biased opinion. Well, can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. Jay? Yeah. Okay. So, from what you were saying, I agree that the relationship between Gene Scott and the you know Brian Singer X One and Two is at best nothing, mm. and it's just sort of they go with the well. You've read the comics, right? So you we've know. Got, well, together. we've got an aged. We've got an aged Scott. We've got an aged Gene. Sure. Gray. So. In the first two, but but so you were saying when you're talking about the how they what they meant to each other in this movie, but everything you brought up was what Xavier did for Gene and what uh Havoc did for Scott. But you didn't talk about what they did for each other. And the problem that I had is that it's the movie tries to kind of force a there's a relationship that's gonna establish and develop between these two. But we see nothing in the movie itself without our preconceived notions of us as knowing the comic books and knowing these two to get together. Would There's you have liked it more if they did a big fucking setup? I would like there was anything that actually the interaction between each other. Because, so, for example, the, the defining things for any development for Scott in the movie were either from Alex's brother... Or Mystique, mm-hmm. and for Gene, all the development was I uh, was strictly from Xavier, which I they think didn't is bring. From- but Alex and Gene didn't bring anything out from each other. Scott, Scott, sorry, right, right. yes, you're right. Sorry, <clears throat> they didn't bring anything out from each other. Neither the best nor the worst. Nothing that their interactions had in the movie when she was in the in the tree. And he was like, hey, you know, I, you know, you're the first person I met and all that stuff. None of that had any actual effect on what happens in the movie and no development between like accepting other powers or development for the characters, any of that stuff. So I have a problem with that of like, it's, it's Singer just shorthanding and going, well, they met each other and it was an awkward moment at first, but they'll get together later and the next movie since 10 years have passed. We'll just off-screen say that something happened and then it got together. Mm. And because that's what he's been doing with these last couple movies is just shorthand off-screen in 10 years, stuff happened. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that because I want to, you're telling me a story. I need to fucking see something. I need to see a development. I need to see a interaction between characters. I need to see a growth. I need to see these two bringing something out from within each other that would drive them together rather than just being teammates. You know what? I'm trying to figure out who's the better archer in this movie. If it was Jean Grey when she was shooting (laughs) archery or if it was the guy who fucking killed Magneto's. Oh, it was the guy that killed Magneto. Yeah, he got a twofer. That's 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 hands down. It was him. She got the bullseye, but he got like a double bullseye. On accident. (laughs) On accident. He wasn't even looking. He wasn't even trying. He wasn't even trying. Imagine if he put his heart into it. Yeah. Yeah. He could have killed four people with one shot. Yeah. Oh, my God. He could have killed his great uncle. Plus a bear. Plus a bear would have just happenstance died, too. (laughs) I I think like the first half of our show, we got sidetracked on like, 
like Apocalypse's powers, which was like not interesting at all. And like this part, we're just like fucking beating the shit out of Jay <laughs> for enjoying this movie. He deserves it. <laughs> Your words. It, it really is like a personal opinion. Like I, and that's fine. It, it really is like I was happy to see what I saw from these characters finally in an X Men movie that I haven't seen in any of the other X Men movies, regardless of Apocalypse or not. I feel like I got what I wanted from some of these characters that I've been waiting. I don't understand for. why we have to like, but but I don't understand why you have to like invoke. No, no, no. Hold I, on. I don't understand why you have to invoke Civil War. I'm just saying like. And I, say like, okay, I gave Civil War a high taste it. And like, I don't know. Like, just like, just say that, you know, oh, you know what? I really enjoy the representation of these characters. Fuck you guys. No, no, I, no, no, no. And why bring Civil War into it? And I got to like, tell you where I'm coming from. I got to tell you where I'm coming from because you guys heard my review on Civil War. You guys were all here. We all talked about it. I know, but like, like now you're so, dra- you're dragging Civil War through the mud. I'm not dragging and, it through the mud and raising the flag of X Men. Of you are you're you're kind of you, no no. It, For me to say I like this more than Civil War does not discount everyone that likes this more than that likes Civil War even, more than X Men. I'm does not, not talking about everybody else. I'm talking about what you think. I'm talking about me personally. I'm excited about X Men because of this movie. That thing. It seems like you, I am not excited as much about Avengers because of Civil War, even though I love Civil War. But That's just my person. That is a personal bias, and I have my fucking right to tell you that. Which is fine, but it, just based on the conversation that we've been having, it sounds like retroactively you should be giving uh, Apocalypse a Tupperware and Civil War a taste. It just based on the conversations. Gone. I still enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed them equally, but I am excited about X Men more so than Avengers. I'm not going to fucking Tupperware this movie. Because I'm going to go CNC Music Factory and say things that make you go hmm, <laughs> because I have no idea what the fuck is going on right now with you, Jay. Yeah, you need to go back and watch X Men First Class again. I love uh, fucking yeah. X Men First Class. Uh, There's a Tupperware. It is. X-Men it movie. is so much superior. And so much more of the essence of X Men than if anything you, in this it, movie. I don't disagree Jake, with you. I could not agree with you more. I don't disagree Absolutely. with you at all, at all, at, in the slightest. I don't disagree with you, but I, I just think, like for me, this made me fucking excited about what's to come for the X Men, and I'm not that excited about what's to come for Avengers. It does I, seem like we're shitting on him a bit too much. <laughs> it's it's fine. Let's, like let's just, turn on Hopner now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's been about 15 minutes since you've shit on me, so... My problem... No, the thing is, it's like, I know our listeners, and I know when they listen to this, they're going to want to understand where Jay's coming from. And I feel like if we don't have Jay have just a moment to kind of explain where he's coming from, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And, and no one gives a shit about yeah. my opinion. Because then we'll have Michael J. Borelli fucking sending us a message and talking about, like, why did you praise the movie the entire time and give it a high taste? Right. And, and I think... I think what I would say to that is personal opinion supersedes fucking facts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. My personal bias and opinion is rooting for this X-Men team. Now that I've seen what has happened and transpired, regardless of the faults of this movie, Jay isn't which it. Civil War had its own fucking faults. It had just as many faults, in my fucking opinion, as this movie. Well, okay, then tell me what those faults and were. And I tasted well, them. Well, tell me what those faults were. I did. We fucking <laughs> talked about yes, them. I talked you out of every one of them. 
No, we didn't talk. When, okay, then tell me what your faults were. My faults with Civil War? Yes, because... I'm not going to go into my faults with Civil War. Because last time when we did the episode, you gave me your faults with Civil War, and I talked you out of quite a few of them. I feel like I feel Half. like they're the same. I, I don't feel like I had any difference in, in my faults with either of those movies. But I am excited more about X-Men. Then let me ask you this. What makes this not a tip war for you for Apocalypse? What is the Let's move on. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. done. We're moving on. This is going nowhere. Can we talk about the Hugh Jackman cameo? (laughs) Yes, let's talk about that. Okay, so... Uh, all right. So what happens here? God damn it! Let's take a break. We're, <laughs> we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back because we need to fucking refocus. Because we've just been, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just been attacking Jay for the past fucking like you know twenty minutes. That was harsh. <laughs> be appropriate. All right. Intermission music time. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> a, little bit, a little sweet going on. Yeah. <laughs> Are we recording again during this? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a... <laughs> love it. <laughs> Fucking love it. Of course you do high taste it. <laughs> Emotionally, it got you. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. got me emotionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. So much joy and emotion. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't explain myself, but yeah. uh, I just liked it more. True. <laughs> take that, take that, and suck on it, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you, Russo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. That hurts. For us, not for you, though. Yeah. Uh, fuck the Russos. <laughs> oh, they've only made two of the best of their movies. <laughs> By the way, you'll hate me because uh, I think... Uh, oh, no, I hate you. Free. I just hate you because I hate you. <laughs> I'm just adding more fuel to the fire. Oh, okay. Why, why else? Why, why? Why else? Other than because the, out of the why else other than the other, uh, other thousand reasons do I hate you, Hopner? Well, because out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think uh, Civil War is probably number three for me. Oh, okay, that's fine. What's number one and two? Uh, Civil War, or not Civil War? Uh, when it's all three. <laughs> Civil War, Civil War, and uh, Civil War. Uh, Winter Soldier, First Avengers movie, and then Civil War. Okay. Then the first Iron Man, then Guardians. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys, let's talk about. You know what? Let's you know. Let's talk about uh, played the uh, sweet dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the Quicksilver scene, man. Okay, we got the Quicksilver scene from the first movie. Uh, which I, we all Tupperware. I absolutely loved it. Yes. Um, we got the Agreed. second Quicksilver scene here, and he shows up to the mansion because he sees on the news he sees uh, his father on the news. So he wants to go to the mansion. Uh, is that, that's what that's what it is? He wants to go to the mansion. And he wants to meet with Professor Xavier yeah. so they can kind of like meet up with his father. I guess. So? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a timing situation. It's, it's a bit vague, but yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. So he shows up to the mansion. First thing he knows, notices is the mansion is uh, blowing up. It's blowing up because of uh, Apocalypse shows up. Apocalypse shows up, 
and he takes Professor Xavier. Magneto uses his magnetic powers, and he pulls you know uh, Xavier's chair over to him. Yeah. After Mag- after uh, Xavier gets fucked up in Cerebro, and it fucking like knocks him out and shit. Like Havoc destroys Cerebro, mm-hmm. and then now Havoc is like run. Running towards this porthole, uh, portal as they're, uh, getting ready to <laughs> fucking disappear with Xavier and Havoc blows, tries to blow up the portal and, and Havoc ends up destroying the entire mansion. Yeah. Unleash your Havoc. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck he says. Well, right. he says that in three row, but just so I get it right. So it is what happens that when he fires at, uh, Apocalypse, the portal disappears, and then he hits the engine, the exposed engine for the uh, Blackbird, right? And that's what chain of reaction blows up the whole place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure yeah. I got that right. Hey, Jay, did this hit you emotionally? <laughs> <laughs> and all the beats. I mean, all the beats. I mean, he high tastes the Blackbird getting blown up. It's really emotional. It's emotional for Jay. <laughs> <laughs> the connection between Blackbird and Cerebro was so strong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jay's X- Jay's, Jay's, like, Jay's like argument is like, hey, guys, it's X-Men. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, I love X-Men. It's like, He's like, it's X-Men, mic drop. <laughs> you know how I knew it was X-Men? When Magneto made an X. <laughs> son, of son of a bitch. That's what I knew. God damn it, Jake. That was incredibly corny. When he made it out of the, out of yeah. the, yeah. the eye beams. The beams, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I wasn't sure until then. I love that part. But we, we got the Quicksilver. We got the Quicksilver scene. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about this Quicksilver scene? Uh, I was kind of annoyed by it. It was it was a taste it. Uh, I just thought it was like let's do the same thing over again a little. I bit. I felt like I loved it, and I felt like they used their entire special effects budget on this fucking one scene, as they opposed did. to yeah, the rest, given as yeah. opposed to the rest of the movie, yeah. which looked like a green screen mess. No, it looked like a PlayStation Two game. The most the rest of the movie looked like <laughs> it looked better than that. I, I slightly. I thought it was funny. I loved. Uh, I love Pizza Dog. Yeah, Tauntaun, sure. Fuck yeah, Pizza Dog. Is that yeah. his name, Tauntaun? That's the name of the real dog that played okay. Pizza Dog. I loved, oh, okay. I loved Pizza Dog. Is that in the dog. credits? I, My favorite Pizza okay. Dog is from the Hawkeye, the, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye book. The series, yeah. But uh, I love this Pizza Dog, too. Yeah. I, I loved it, of course, but I, I love... Yeah. <laughs> it, it Here's why I taste it. <laughs> it hit all the emotional beats for Jay. I love that they played this father-son relationship a little bit. Like, they didn't go full-blown. I wish they would have gone a little bit further mm-hmm. with their relationship. Me too. What does but, that have to do with this scene? I, I, I love this scene in general, but yeah... Uh, I'm going off topic for sure, okay. but I, overall, I love Quicksilver's role in this, and I love that they played the father son relationship a little bit. Real quick question: By the end of the movie, does Magneto know that Quicksilver is his son? No. Okay, yeah, so he still doesn't. Okay. He doesn't want to tell him, okay, because he doesn't fucking like him. I, I get that. No, I got, some, I got somebody, his end of it. Somebody but. actually asked him like later on in the movie. I think it was maybe maybe Mystique says like, "Are you ever going to tell him that you know?" And yeah. he's like. Maybe it'll come up one day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it sounded like at that point in time he was going to say it, and then when the moment happened in the climax of the movie, it didn't. I think another character said, like, I think when 
I do tell him it'll be another movie where it'll hit the emotional beat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that'll, that'll be for the next one. That'll be how Magneto, that's how they get Fassbender back in again. It's for him to flip flop on that. The next X Men movie is going to be called uh, Jay's Emotional Beats. <laughs> beats, beats by Jay. Beats by yeah. Jay. Mystique was pretty on the nose about it at one point. She's like, and family you don't even know you have. Standing like right next to Quicksilver. Yeah. Nudge, just, nudge, wink, yeah, wink. Say no more. <laughs> but um, with with the Quicksilver scene in general, I loved it, and I hate corny shit. I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of rehashing that crap. But I was. I, I fucking loved it. I loved that he saved everybody at that point. I loved it. Well, everybody but one. Well, everybody but Havoc. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, will be saved for another movie. Havoc was the the cause of the problem, right? Um, so he must die. I loved wrapping up the one dude in the mattress. Yeah, shipping him off, and uh, he's got his own little. Everything made sense. Yeah, and then uh, the the putting Mostly. up putting up the uh, sheets and people falling into the sheets, people yeah. falling into the pool. Yeah, um, you had uh, drinking the tab. The, <laughs> the, the couple that was about to kiss, and the one guy looked like a fucking complete terrible amateur. <laughs> yeah, yeah amateur. About, like, one guy not hitting the beats. It was that guy. <laughs> I would have almost been okay with him. He was just like, "Now you can die. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked, and you're gonna stay." Right where you are. <laughs> um, that was fun. I, I thought it was really fun. I, I, I like I said, like uh, I, I'd be the first guy to be like, "Oh fuck, another Quicksilver scene." Mm-hmm. But they they did it successfully. I had a lot of fun with that. With yeah, that I did. I I can't toss it because it was fun. I just it did feel like. We got to do the Quicksilver thing again. And I, I wish they would have played Huey Lewis. Going to go back in time. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I do though have to uh, mirror uh, Jake here and uh, taste it. Yeah, it, it seemed I liked it because of the humor parts in it, but uh, it seemed a little too long of a sequence for me. Like it was them just like you know doubling down on the uh, Days of Future Past scene with him. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like a little too long for me. And also, I mean, it's stupid as hell to try to think of, but it was. It takes it takes no, no, a little no. bit more time. No, no, to, that's, to, that's to rescue no, no. everybody. That's, that is true, but it, the other part where I'm saying it's stupid as hell to think of is during the movie while watching the thing. I was seeing. I was just thinking about like because the actual physics of it. Like, okay, so if he's he's moving at this speed mm-hmm. and everybody else, there's force exerting on them, actual physics and I know it's stupid as hell, would be like okay, if he's trying to move these people, they would actually just die instantly from his interaction with them mm-hmm. because like, okay, if they're the force explosion is moving them this way there's force exerted, if he coming in at, a, at the speed that he is and everything slow motion to him physics still applies so like, if he tries to Push them back in a different direction or move them, whatever. I know you're, uh, you're just like, <laughs> God fucking, <sighs> I got fucking Bill Nye, the science guy, putting me to sleep over here. God, shit. I did preface it by saying it's stupid as hell. So. Yeah, you should have prefaced it by, you know what, I'm gonna say something stupid. Brian, take it away. <laughs> Man, I'm also biased on the music. I, I honestly am not the biggest Eurythmics, any oh. Linux fan. Uh, Time in a Bottle was a better yeah. song for the scene in the last movie, but. Yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't blown away by the music selection either yeah so eh, it was it was good but not 
it didn't like like it nah, didn't ro- sweet, it didn't no, change my world yeah, like sweet, it did the first yeah. time. Sweet dreams are made from a different song selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like if we do another movie with Evan Peters Quick Silver, is there another to a song slow motion scene? No, you know what they're gonna use in the next one, the nineties one? They're gonna use sabotage. Just uh-huh. like every <laughs> just like every Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, overall, I, I echo Jay. Uh, Quicksilver was one of my favorite characters beyond this. I really enjoyed all his interactions with people after this scene. Yeah, like, he, once we threw him into the mix, he really brought a lot of the fun that was to be had in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it was needed levity for a movie that, for me at least, seemed to try to take itself so overly serious. It was a nice change of pace for me. Yeah. And wow, ahead of his time, saying bro in like 83. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> a bit anachronistic. Yeah, <laughs> go quick, so. How, right? I, my question to you guys is: He's always ahead of the curve. <laughs> How much did the no, time? Yes, it did hit all the emotional beats. No, no, no. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. How much did the '80s time frame impact this movie for you guys? Not I, none. Not as much as, not as well as in First Class and Days of Future Past. Yeah, agreed. In, agreed. In, in Days of Future Past, like even when like they were um, they were showing like uh, footage from like Mystique when she was attacking Magneto and the whole fight with uh, uh, Magneto and Beast. Yeah, how they actually showed it on like a seventies like uh, classic like like CRT. A, yeah, like a reel that they were recording yeah. it on, and you could see it like in that old fucking like the grainy, uh, the grainy yeah. film. I was like, oh my god, this is they're doing yeah. this so well. The, I agree. When you mentioned before the uh, the the mall the mall scenes that were yeah. cut out, if they had kept that in there, that would have played in a lot more to it, and that would have actually well, made it feel a lot more because it just felt like it could have been anywhere, any time, except for the no dress. cell phones. Well, the dress. I mean, everybody the way they were dressed was totally eighties. I mean, even look at look at Xavier's hair. No, look at Jean and her fucking giant uh, shoulders on that jacket. She was wearing. Oh my god! Look at Jubilee's costume. Yeah, uh, they also tried to like really do it overtly with like uh, Quicksilver playing Miss Pac-Man, Atari and then, shirt, uh, and then Knight Rider playing yeah. on the TV. Yeah, yeah. that Atari shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Atari shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that would have made for a, a better film if they would have capitalized more on that '80s uh, style. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, this felt about as '80s as like the wedding singer because we had like the whole <laughs> scene of them like walking out of the movie theater which i thought was a great scene where out of talking, jedi right they were talking about return of the jedi yeah. and they were like yeah you know it's not as good as empire and then of course like gene gray says well the third movie's always the worst and they're basically talking about x-men the last stand right, right. and i thought that was really funny that brian singer let them th- for th- me brian all- singer did that yeah yeah it, for me also it kind of uh Unadvertently meta for me was speaking about this movie too with the first class Days of Future Past. This movie. I think it had everything. There's to do no that. way Brian Singer. No, was I know saying he wasn't saying that, but it, it spoke to me that inadvertently. Way yes, I yeah. agree with Jay. I wish they would have capitalized more on the eighty stuff, and I Agreed. think that would have made a better movie. Yeah. I thought it would have been really cool to hear the X Men theme we've heard in six other movies, like all sent out oh, in the eighty style, like sent out X Men theme. Yeah, like I don't know, just some nice touches to more more eighties fire it up because it did seem a lot more. 
more subtle, like I had mentioned before, with the uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, oh, hold on, Nightcrawler was wearing fucking Michael Jackson's yeah. fucking jacket. It was just that how was much. Cool. How much more wedding singer '80s do you need to get? But it was just all <laughs> salad dressing instead of like any other. Silver did a fucking moonwalk during the scene we're talking That's about. That's still all salad dressing. Like we're in the yeah. other movies, were like the actual political going ons of the decades were a big important part. Weird Al, weird, weird Al Yankovic made a fucking appearance in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where was he? I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> you fell for it too. I, I, <laughs> I fucking love Nightcrawler in the Michael Jackson jacket. I fucking love that shit. Thriller Night, fucking red jacket. I didn't even jacket. think about that. I just looked at it as it's their kind of halfway point of, okay, it doesn't have his X-Men costume yet, but let's have something that's kind of a Towards it, and so you get the red Michael. Jackson no, it was jacket. Michael Jackson. Yeah. No, yeah. In retrospect, you're right. Yeah, you're you're all right. I didn't think about it at the time. It though. was like I said, though. It was just all salad dressing instead of in yeah. the previous movies where it's, it was the actual current events in the world yeah, that not, were affecting. It's not the a driving factor of the meat and potatoes of it. Right after the fucking scene here, we've got uh, William Stryker. He shows up and he's going to arrest Hank. out of nowhere. He's going to arrest, arrest Beast uh, Mystique. Uh, Quicksilver and Moira, and then take them to this military facility <laughs> for interrogation. Uh, we got Scott, Gene, and Kurt. Uh, they uh, basically uh, are hiding uh, in the background behind some rubble from the mansion, and uh, uh, Nightcrawler bamps inside the fucking uh, helicopter, and now they can, none of them can use their powers. Yeah, which I, I th- this made no sense to me that that mm-hmm. that. So you're telling uh, so they're saying like the electricity is within inside this vehicle too, this helicopter, and so now he can't bamf out of it. She can't use her psychic powers, and then Cyclops, if he takes off his glasses, it's not going to cause a blast. Yeah, she never does do that. That does no, no, he doesn't. Yeah. But I'm saying like, okay, if if well, I think if Nightcrawler can't use his powers to teleport out of there. And she can't use her powers to take over the pilots and use her, uh, you know, her uh, psychic ability to take over the sure. pilots. That would mean that if he took off his glasses, nothing would happen. Correct? Agreed. I. That I actually, that I actually disagree with that. That should have happened, though. But I think that I disagree with that because I think because both with Gene and Nightcrawl, it's a matter of trying to influence something that's outside well, the, of the, the field. Well, the whole itself. time they're saying we need to stop this helicopter. And so the whole time he's saying, "All right, let's get out of here," and 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 they're they're begging Jean to use her psychic powers to take over the pilot. Then why the fuck if wouldn't he take off his fucking glasses and just blast the ass end out of this fucking helicopter so they could get the fuck off of there? And then they've destroyed the ass end of this helicopter. Now they've destroyed the the magnetic the the electrical field, and now he could just bamf. Bamf all of them out of there. I agree. That's the problem. No, no. I, hi, hi, welcome to the conversation, Hatner. This yeah. argument makes no sense. No, no. What? Yes, in that context, it doesn't make any sense, and it's a plot contrivance because the whole situation that they're setting up in the movie there is a twenty-minute diversion to something that has nothing to do with anything except for. Spoiler alert. I don't Hugh Jackman to show up for a couple I don't minutes. understand. So, yes, you agree that Cyclops can't use his powers. No, I agree. No, I don't agree with that. What I what I think is... So, he's, think, he's dumb, he's stupid, and he can't take off his glasses at this point? Yes. Yeah, I think that's silly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's silly. You know, I'm not disagreeing that it's silly, but that's... 
it's a matter of, and it's what why I toss the movie is because it doesn't happen because I think the you narrative need to check doesn't. The, you, no. need, you need to check the prescription on your glasses because you're blind as fuck right now yourself, Chief. No, they're negative three point five each. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a matter. No, I agree that from an actual perspective of us outside and going, well, why didn't they just do that? Well, because that would make sense, but because the narrative of the movie that we're going with right now doesn't demand that that happens. I know, would, but the writers... It's bad writing. The writers should have cleared this up by, I him, agree. by him taking off his glasses and then nothing happening. I agree. Then why not? No, and I agree. That would have at least been a thing. Am I being too, didn't. Hold on. Am I be, Jake, am I being too nitpicky? Am no, I being too no you're not. You're absolutely no, no. not. I absolutely think, not. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. They don't do it because they don't want to explain that. He asked me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, Go ahead. Yeah, I, <laughs> say what I just said. Go Whoa. ahead. No, I just don't. I, they didn't, I guess they didn't need to show it. I yeah. guess they just assume that people wouldn't be idiots and think that if he took his glasses off that you So know. people wouldn't be hopners. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think yeah, they no. just they just thought that that was the case. Like it was understood <laughs> that he wasn't able that these two can't use their powers, you can't use their powers. People can't use their mutant powers right now. So Cyclops can't either because he is also everybody, a mutant. Everybody that's been in contact with this electrical field has not been able to use their powers, right? Correct. Except for with with Gene within within the confines of it, you know what I mean. Like yeah, that that's sense. why it makes no I sense. I guess. To me. I guess if if Nightcrawler wanted to bamf like two within inches, <laughs> two inches in front of him, he could. Yeah, I also took these as two different technologies. But I okay, okay. No, explain that. Yeah, I, I, what they used as in the cage match is different. A different technology than Striker is using in this plane. So why do they work okay. the exact same way? They didn't work the exact same way because if they did work the exact same way, like in the mutant cage, if, if Jean Grey is in a mutant cage match, she can read the mind of another person in the mutant cage match. Yes. Are you within, saying she, within the cage. Within the cage. Yes. But, but see, with, here's my thought to that then. Why she would have been able to, since she was in the helicopter sitting right next to Scott and Kurt, she would have been able to read hit their minds. We don't know that. But, I assume she couldn't. But here's why she I, said her powers weren't working. But here's why I disagree with you on that. No, but here's why I disagree I love with you on this. that. Because her abilities within the facility that we've seen in certain rooms have the same dampener ability work within the facility within certain uh, restrictions. Hopner, I'm reading your mind right now. There's nothing in there, dude. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I think Jay's got the field up, to be fair. No, I disagree. I disagree. Because what I think is this, is that... Well, I, I went into Jay's brain, and it's just all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like a bunch of emojis bouncing around. We got one crying, we got one angry, and his face is red. One Assassin's Creed one for no reason. <laughs> I went into his brain, it was just the 90s X-Men theme over <laughs> Loop. <laughs> None yeah. of you guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but because here's where here's where it also got ties together. Where yes, I think that Kurt can't teleport out of the helicopter because they have a dampening field up. She can't affect the pilot because I think that dampening field works within the cargo hold, which is what they're in of the helicopter. Okay. If he just opened up his eyes and took his glasses off, he would have been able to blast through it because it's still within the confines of the cargo bay itself. When they're in the room later, when they get to Weapon X room, they're not able to get and they're not able to exert anything outside of the room. But they're still able to. He's still able to bamf within the room, but he can't bamf out of it. Why didn't Scott take off his glasses then and just end? Because this? he wasn't in the room. 
I'm talking about the helicopter. Yeah, I agree. Because the writing dictated that he couldn't do that because then we wouldn't go to Weapon X. Because then we don't have a Hugh Jackman cameo. Hmm. You're, you're just you're, it's the, no, the point. My point you're, is, you're, he doesn't do it because bad. You're writing. basically just like just like uh, agreeing with the writer's stupidity. No, I'm uh, arguing against it because I tossed the move and I said it's bad writing. Hmm. It sounds like you're giving it a hall pass to get. No, the, I'm not. I'm saying the it's they're wrong because he should have just blasted the back end out of the fucking helicopter and they could have bamfed right out, but they don't because well, if we don't do that, then we don't get Hugh Jackman in the movie, and isn't that what everybody wants, guys? Hmm. Yeah, not my audience. No, because it's a 20-minute diversion to <laughs> nothing that does nothing for the fucking movie. All right, so we get to, yeah, we get to the facility. They're inside the facility now, and I, I did like the Jean Grey when she she did, like, the Charles stuff where, like, she could, like, make themselves, like, look invisible. Yes, that was cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Charles do kind of that kind of shit in, like, previous X-Men films, and I, I like to call back to that. Um, and then so, like, now we're in the facility, and uh, they uh, they hear something and they think it's like an animal. Yeah. And uh, behind the cage, Jay, you are one hundred percent right. It is it is Wolverine. This is Weapon X. Yeah. And they let him loose, dude. Honestly, I liked the look of. I liked how they made this Hugh Jackman. They made him look like Hugh Jackman that we had saw in the earlier X-Men films where he's not as ripped and as vascular. Yeah. I just sure. thought he didn't work out much because he was only going to be in this movie for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Watch those. Watch the original X-Men from 2000. Okay. And he's not as ripped and yeah. as vascular as he was in the other movies. No, he's um, just gotten bigger every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, um, in this film, he, he looked more like the original... Wolverine that we had saw, like from the 2000 X. More worn down and beaten by what's what he's been going through. Yeah, he definitely had more of a mullet going on in the back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think he was. I, I think he was caged there for a long time mm-hmm. at that point, and I think ten years. Yeah, so it'd he's been, not. It, it was 1973, yeah. and now it's 83. So he's been there for ten years. He's not going to be the uh, fucking prime Wolverine that we've we have seen or we've been accustomed to. Guys, Wolverine does not say one word this entire time. Doesn't Makes need, sense. Doesn't need to. Yeah. Um, to. The point is programmed and feral at the same time. So yeah, you shouldn't say anything. And Hugh Jackman has officially been in every X-Men movie. Yeah. Every X-Men movie. The so. only one. <laughs> so um, I also want to point Gene actually at one point, he goes through and he kills everybody. They're shooting at him and he's wearing like the X-Men the fucking excuse me, Weapon X, fucking like you know that 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 headpiece. Yeah, except for the visor part, I kind of missed that. Didn't have the full visor, but he still had mm-hmm. a headpiece. Yeah, yeah. It looked good. I thought. <clears throat> yeah, I thought everything looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I know you tossed it. <laughs> Jay hit emotional beats. She's <laughs> so like, it. we need to see his face. We need the emotional impact there. But there's a scene, a really cool scene be- between him and Gene. Yeah, where. He, he he actually, it looks like he's going to fucking claw, you know, he's going to fucking rip him to shreds. Yeah. And then Jean actually gives him back some memories, some partial memories that she could find. Mm-hmm. And she gave those memories back to him. And I, I thought that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Like, that that's, uh, 
if you're going to give him a send-off in the X-Men universe, you have to give him that. Mm-hmm. You have to have him, you know, go back to where he was and then give him a glimpse of who he was, you know, throughout the rest of the film. And it, this is just like the comic books when he's running off into, like, the cold, wintry wilderness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then he goes and kills a bear. Yeah, but but that I think that's a great restart <laughs> to that character. I think it's a great restart to who Wolverine is. It hit those emotional beats. Right <laughs> yeah. And from this point on, he wants to bang Gene. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, who wouldn't? I love it how like Scott <laughs> says, like, I hope that's the last we see of that guy. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> yeah. a funny line. That made me laugh. Yeah. It, it was cool, though. It was cool <laughs> to see him in full fucking feral action, for sure. I, I love that fucking shit. I can watch that over and over again, watching him fucking he go through those guys. He didn't get to get his claws into Stryker, though, did he? No. 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 Of course not. You want him to, but he didn't, yeah. That moment needed a cool 80s song. <laughs> <It's been> awesome. <laughs> Some Devo. Fucking whip it while he's fucking taking those guys out. In slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, to the contrary, I had people laugh at that scene. I had people laughing throughout the whole Wolverine scene. And I was totally pissed off because I thought it was I thought that was great, and I thought it like the whole action part, the, of it? everything involved with Wolverine in that scene. I had fucking people laughing their asses off, and it pissed me off because for me as a comic book fan, that that was comic book Wolverine for me. I almost wanted Jay to stood up in his theater and he's like. <laughs> Can you guys not realize this is hitting all the emotional beats for me right now? Do you not understand this character? This is not funny. <laughs> These are emotional beats you're watching. I will say I wanted to see I can't explain it. <laughs> These are emotional beats. I did want to snicker beats almost. Beats by Jay. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I almost did want to snicker at the CG blood that was like when he was stabbing people, but we've seen that before, so that's fine. Yeah, that that didn't bother me. No, it was at least there was blood there. Yeah, he did look very very old though compared when, to X Men One. Did they get the okay? So Gene and them, they they okay like they they, they everybody gets released. Uh, Cyclops blows the door. And then uh, Mystique and everybody that was, like, uh, being held captive by Stryker mm-hmm. gets released. So Quicksilver, Mystique. who was it? Mystique. Cyclops and Gene. And, no, Cy- and, and no, Nightcrawler. No, 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 no. Cyclops, Gene, and Nightcrawler, they were the ones that were... I said Nightcrawler. It's Beast, Night- Mystique, and... Um, fuck! Beast, Mystique, and Quicksilver. Yes, yes. Yeah. They were the ones being held captive. and the they ones, were at the Paris incident. The ones the that rescued them were... Uh, Nightcrawler, Gene, and Cyclops. And Cyclops blows the door open to rescue them. You're right. Did they get the ship that they're going to fly out on? Did they get that from Stryker? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love, this was fucking hilarious to me. Which makes sense. When they're going to get on the ship. Shut the fuck up, (laughs) Hopner. Shut the fuck up. They're going to get on the ship. (laughs) They're going to get on the ship. And before they get on the ship... They, uh, Gene opens like this, this, uh, I don't know, I didn't, like, kind of like this, uh, door, and it, it, it reveals these flight suits. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, look, they left flight suits behind. And it's the classic Brian Singer black leather flight suit. (laughs) And it's basically like a huge middle finger from Brian Singer saying, Yes, we're still using black <laughs> leather in our fucking films. To mm-hmm. be fair, they have shoulder pads on them. 
<laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a meta joke, though. For yeah. sure. Did you guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I laughed. Yeah. I laughed at the I black flight like, suit oh joke. Oh, my God. I was like, here we go. Black flight suits yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> I just got upset with it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. They, then they go. <laughs> the next scene is about rescuing uh, Professor Xavier from... Um, Apocalypse. The hillside. Apocalypse. What did you guys think about like the whole internal battle in the mind between Xavier and Apocalypse? I thought it was kind of hokey, actually. I felt like it was okay uh, with uh, it, like looking back at like just like a comic book kind of thing, like something that could happen in the comic book. Yeah, I thought the special effects of like Apocalypse when he got big, mm-hmm. I thought it actually looked pretty pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought like Apocalypse when he got big and he was like throwing <laughs> Charles around. Mm-hmm. I was like. Oh my god, that actually looks really good. I liked the idea behind it, but I was kind of mad that the only example of Apocalypse like altering his size or any way, shape, or form is just in a psychic battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's Xavier. Yeah, no, it's fine to do that in there, but I also wanted to see that in it's, reality, in a real physical yeah, manifestation. I wanted it to be there as well. I got it. I got it. Yeah. So it was because we saw that. The thing in the trailer when they look like they're in the mansion at night in the hallways and he grows and slams him down and throws him in the wall. Yeah. And, you know, it made it seem like, okay, that's going to be something that happens in the movie. No, it's just in the mind. So it's not in, like, reality, reality. So that was a little disappointing. Jay, what did you It think? looks good in the moment. It, it hit those emotional beats, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Literally. Not Especially when he's calling out for Gene the whole time. <laughs> I think it was a cool way to show Xavier finally going fisticuffs with somebody. And and I thought it was cool that he was going fisticuffs with fucking Apocalypse. But immediately way. losing. Oh, well, yeah, at, at the same time, yeah, he, he was faced with a more powerful opponent and for the first time in his life. But a physically powerful opponent, more powerful opponent. That's well, it wasn't, it wasn't physically. Yeah, was, you would think it would be Xavier's home court. I, that's I, I, the problem I, I have. With but that. it wasn't. It wasn't. But that's why he's trying to absorb or transfer his consciousness into Xavier's body is because Xavier has the psychic ability that he's never had an access to before. But then when he goes into Xavier's home court of the, on the psychic plane, he just beats the shit out of him. Hmm. Like, that seems anachronistic. Like, why would you need him then? Right. Oh, if you can just point. beat him on that right. plane, yeah. why bother? Yeah. I agree. It's it's his home court, and it's fucked up that he's beating him in the psychic plane. That just beats him. Yeah. Hey, all I said is I thought the effects. Bloody I thought the effects. Yeah, yeah. The I effects are good. The effects there. look pretty cool. They are good. I agree. There. They don't look green screeny because they they filmed the it light, in the mansion. And the lighting effect looks really good. So it was it was the funnest apocalypse moment of the whole film for sure. Funnest. Yeah. I think it was fun, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Those fun, lighthearted apocalypse <laughs> moments. Uh-huh. Uh, that apocalypse. Finally, <laughs> finally. Those fi- man, that's what I've been waiting for. What a Some- kid, uh. Oh my god, finally, that's what I've been wanting. Those fun apocalypse moments. <laughs> you fucking prankster. <laughs> you. <laughs> Like how we got Brooklyn uh, oh, Brian over oh, here. Oh, I just sat in the whoopee cushion. Apocalypse! <laughs> <laughs> Always the pranks are over Let me here. ask you this, motherfucker. I call, no, hold on. I call him a prankalypse because he's hilarious. <laughs> and he's always, he's always up to bullshit shenanigans. <laughs> oh, oh, man. There, there was another, no other fight scene involving Apocalypse that was as fun as what happened with Xavier. Oh, agreed. Because the rest of it is him just invisibly destroying stuff. Right. It's, it's not, I'm not 
not talking about standing there. I'm not talking yeah. about fun. Haha. I'm talking about fun. You know? No, I'm talking Guys, about yeah, this segment. Any of fun. This segment is called a pocket tips by Jay. <laughs> <laughs> pocket tips. A pocket tip number thirty-three. A pocket tips number twelve. <laughs> it hit all the emotional beats. <laughs> But if you, if you are trying to take over the world, make sure you get those emotional moments. <laughs> but, that, sure. but, but that's why it wasn't a Tupperware either. This was not the apocalypse that I know from Age of Apocalypse or any of the apocalypse stories from the fucking comic books. But for me, like that scene was the best apocalypse scene, was him fighting Xavier, for sure. Hands it's down. The, it's the only little scene he has other than when he first wakes up that's like, does anything? Yeah, I felt like I thought. I thought, I thought Apocalypse started off like you know semi strong, and like towards yeah. the end of the end of the movie, they kind of like lost sight of all that, and it became more about like Xavier and Magneto, and it less did, about Apocalypse. Usual. And it became about like Magneto's like decision to like when he's gonna like flip, mm-hmm. and like like that flip was so like. Like we all knew that that's what they were leading up to. Yeah, and they and they waited a little. They waited like two beats too long to actually pull the trigger on that for him to actually make the turn. For me, it seemed like he's you know he, he had the conversation with Mystique. Uh, they didn't he had want the conversation they didn't, with Quicksilver. They didn't want to. They didn't want to reveal that Quicksilver was the son because this which deci- is fine. The decision would have been made. Very easily at that point where we saw. Which, hey, shut the fuck up, Abner. <laughs> Mister interrupting over here. God damn it, Jesus Christ! Let somebody finish a fucking thought. But no, what, what do you? What, no, say it. You got to get it out so goddamn bad. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like fucking like what did you? I don't. Jesus, like fucking he took a laxative <laughs> for his mouth. And just the words just come out. They just won't stop. Well, that's what the just, does. Your brain works a fucking mile a minute. It's like, god damn, Hopner. Genius is underappreciated. It's, it's like, I'm trying to like get something out, and you're like, my Hopner. God damn, Hopner. I'm trying to help you here. Let somebody finish a thought. So do you want me to go, or do you want to go? I don't. I, I wanted to go. Then go. I can't now. You like? It's, it's, no, go. <laughs> go, Hopner. Go. All right then. Go, go, gadget, Hopner. Run, Hopner. More like Stopner. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fucking Daniel Stopner. Somebody stop the Hopner. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull his mic. <laughs> I mean, he's the one the control board. He could do it at any time. I, I can't remember what I was saying. <laughs> well, you were saying something about the quicksilver and not revealing saying... at the moment, which I agree with. It's not the right thing to do then because it's something you want to do for a later movie. But it was Magneto's turn against Apocalypse was a couple beats too late because. They had the conversation with Mystique. She'd hinted at with Quicksilver. He chose to not reveal it at the time. And then he continued to do so. And then he let Xavier continue to get pummeled. And then uh, Cyclops and mm-hmm. Jean tried to do something with him. They both failed. And then... Uh, Magneto turned against him, and it was just, yeah. it was, it was a beat or two too late for it, and then it continued to go on for another ten minutes. I think the whole movie, though, projects that we know that Magneto's gonna do the flip, right? Agreed. I agree. The whole movie yeah. projects that, and, and I feel like they didn't wanna make, like, uh, you know, like, uh, the whole, 
uh, Quicksilver, like, yes, I'm your son, because, like, as soon as, like, Quicksilver starts getting attacked by Apocalypse, mm-hmm. which I thought was a very cool scene, we're yeah. watching Quicksilver, like, punch him in the face. Yeah. Kick the awesome. shit out of him. Multiple yeah. times. And well, then when Apocalypse turns around, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Apocalypse finally figures out, like, what's going on. Like, he's got a grasp on it, and he can, you see that, like, that change in his eye. Mm-hmm. It just breaks that leg. Yeah. It's, it's so but, brutal. But even though, like, if, if, if he knew that, uh, if Magneto knew that Quicksilver was his son, like, that would even project it even more. I think they wrote themselves into, either way, it's a problem. I yeah. agree. Right? I agree. Yeah. I wish you would have told him at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I hate when it's something like like that where it's like, why why are you holding that card and saving it for? You've already waited movie? ten that's, years. That's the exact reason why though, because they're holding it for the next movie. It's a stupid a reason. It, it is, but that's why they're doing it. Yeah. Because it should have either been a, a part that plays in the climax of the movie that makes Magneto turn. Or you're just again holding on to it for the next movie to bring Magneto back in again. Well, what happens or, when Michael Fassbender won't do the next movie? He's well, already said that he would come back. Really? There's, yeah. Okay. My, Michael Fassbender said that he would come back. We haven't got confirmation from McAvoy, but Fassbender said that yeah, he would love to come back for future X Men films. Wouldn't that be a thing? McAvoy has not gotten on that. Jennifer Lawrence, I can almost say that she's gone. No, oh, yeah, she's definitely gone. I heard her say that she would consider it if everyone was coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the thing is, okay. So um, how? Let's talk about how they defeat Apocalypse mm-hmm. at this point. So like they're all attacking him, giving them, giving him everything he's got. Uh, you've got Cyclops hitting him with his eye blast, his optic blast. You've got uh, Magneto just chucking fucking metal at him, left throwing right and the shit, world at him, yeah. basically. <laughs> and then uh, I mean, what else is going on at this Beast point? Beast attacks time? him. At that point. Because that's useful. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think about the Beast and Psylocke fight? Pointless. I thought the Beast fight in Days of Future Past, the Beast against uh, Magneto, Magneto was so much cooler. Yeah. I agree. I felt like the Beast and... I, I felt like it was just a way to showcase Psylocke's powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I had no problem with. I don't feel like they did anything with the character as far as like character development, but I guess if you just want a scene to showcase her powers, it worked for me. Yeah, and I was fine with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like seeing her powers, but as far as like getting to like understand her character and why her character is still on the side, right, of Apocalypse, I don't understand. Me, I don't understand me either. The especially lo- at the end, especially at the end, she just walks away. Well, she she's glaring and she's like walking away, and it's like an ominous kind of like okay. Wait for it's me. a very I'm mad. Wait for me and for the next film, and it's like it felt like there was nothing earned there. I didn't really get a feel of like why she was like so loyal to Apocalypse. Yeah, you know. Honestly, I didn't get a feel of why any of them were so loyal to Apocalypse. I also didn't well, feel like she Angel, was. Angel got the use of his wings back. That's that I what, got. That's what he was using it for. Yeah. Agreed. But for um, Storm. He gave her the power, and she was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is who I want to be. I want to be more powerful, because she always kind of, like, looked up to um, Mystique. Mystique. Mm-hmm. But when she saw, like, Apocalypse choking out Mystique, then she was like, whoa, I'm on the wrong side of this. So it's like, I understand, like, her flip, like, why she would want to join the Jean Grey school later. Mm-hmm. Okay, She's part of the school. She's the teacher at the school. That's why I want to join this school. I really look up to her. Mm-hmm. 
But I don't understand. Like the whole Silat character was just kind of like a whole a huge plot hole for me. Like, yeah. why? Just, why is she so? Dedicated to apocalypse, even after this is over. Why? What is her hatred? Where does her hatred come from for all the other mutants that are wanting to stop apocalypse? Mm -hmm. She never spoke. She She just seems like a fourth wheel on a four wheeled car, which makes no sense whatsoever. No, because and for me with the her fight against Beast, it was just like, why would she make a whip? And then it, early on in it, she so gets Jake, him around the neck. So they could play Whip It, right? Yeah, by, yeah exactly. By, by Devo. Yeah. <laughs> it's sorely missed. Yeah. Don't, 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 but, I mean, she gets it around his neck early on. Whip it. Whip it good. My name fucking Psylocke. I'm going to whip that beast. I ain't going to no school. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't seem like a moment like when she gets it early on in the fight, she gets the psychic whip around his neck. It's like, if she's devoted to Apocalypse to the level that the rest of the movie shows her as, why wouldn't she have just snapped his neck right then? Right then. No, she she tried. She tried to snap his neck. No, she... Sorry. No, she had had Beast's neck in the, the lasso. And Beast does a flip and kicks her in the head. Mm. She tried to snap his neck with no, the. But she threw a second one around his neck. So she had two on him. But given what we had seen with earlier on and then how his ability amplified. If she can just jump into the air, cut a car in half, why couldn't she just have snapped his neck with one whip instantly? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's, I'm, <laughs> that's not gonna, true. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into the Thank whole. You, why didn't she yeah. snap his neck? It's just argument. the level of because of the post when he dies and she still has this look of like, oh mm, fuck you guys. I'm gonna fucking apparently be a villain at some point. Uh, some people are lying. sore losers. Hopper. Well, they they tried to set her up as this henchman of Caliban. Yeah. Who was, uh. Who, you know, I actually liked him, by the way. Yeah, he, he was alright. He was interesting. What his motives were seemed to me like was hurting all these mutants together. Yeah, he was just gaining a profit off an underground railroad he didn't care. situation. Yeah, he didn't care about him, so yeah. therefore she's not gonna care about him. She's just going for the, the next level of power. Uh, yeah, sure. She doesn't care who it is. It's Caliban. It's Apocalypse. Let's talk about what stops Apocalypse. Okay. What's what stops Apocalypse? We had a scene earlier in the movie where fucking uh, you know Jean uh, Grey is having uh, boiling some paintings, a, a dream, and then all of a sudden, like you know, shit's burning on the walls and shit like that, mm-hmm. boiling the uh, boiling the walls and shit. Later on, she's talking about you know how she's seeing all this destruction and shit, the end of the earth and all this fucking crazy shit. At the end of the movie, Charles Xavier tells her, use your fucking, your power. Unleash your power. Unleash your power. He does say, doesn't he verbatim say, let it go? Yeah. 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 Something like that. Goes into frozen mode. (laughs) Yeah. So she goes all all Elsa on him. (laughs) She lets the motherfucker go. What happens? We see the fucking... Turns out ice equals fire. We see the fucking uh, phoenix. Yes. We see the phoenix. She unleashes the phoenix. I liked that. And um, I actually... Actually, I loved this. I loved how they defeated Apocalypse here. And yeah. I, and, and the reason I'm going to say I loved it is because, like, if you are going to stop Apocalypse... That's the only way. That's the only way you're going to do it. And Apocalypse even understands this when yeah. he sees it. He he is muttering to himself, all is revealed. Right. Because yeah. he himself knows, you know what, this is what I want. 
he knows. He knows that this is what he wants. He wants for fucking uh, destruction, and he wants, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he knows he knows this connection, and uh, he sees that this this is the ultimate the ultimate uh, evolution of mutant power. Exactly. And so he is all for it, and he basically is like, okay, you know what? All is revealed, and he's ready to die. Yeah. He knows that there's something exactly. out there that's going to do. That's going to do the job that he was going to do. The character with the most powerful force blast has been revealed to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all these other force blasts that have been going all over the place weren't good enough, but this yes, is but the ultimate force blast. It did for me, too. Yeah. I'm just making fun of it. <laughs> well, Lots of it, force blasting going on. It in does movie. seem like a DBZ moment, but it is. it does work. And yeah. I, I like that, the fact that he's like... Oh. And he's just basically said, it makes sense now. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is... <laughs> Something bigger than me, something more powerful, and it is within a mutant. And he's like, "This is what the next step is." Yeah, something beyond me. He didn't think that something was. This is revealed to him, and he goes, "There is something beyond me." I'm telling you, and the the, the graphic, the CG that they used for the Phoenix was beautiful. It was beautiful. It, was. it looked beautiful. It's the way I've always seen it. It looked it looked gorgeous. Wait, well, didn't uh, it, you it didn't hit, it hit all those zombies. emotional beats for me? <laughs> it what did, you mean the zombies? It, was powerful. it, it did not it? interrupt me every five seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was it was that for me. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they don't they don't poo poo on the whole Phoenix thing in, in the upcoming movie because mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest beasts with the singer stuff is at the end of X two we really teased that we're gonna do the whole Phoenix saga and then yeah. X Men three just fucking poo poos the whole idea you can't blame Singer for that that was Ratner taking it over and going that was the studio I don't even blame Ratner but, I, I honestly I blame the studio there's mm. too many cooks in that kitchen man. I blame both but I'm, yeah it was Weapon X it was they combined Weapon X and they combined I don't blame Ratner. I don't think Ratner's a great director in, by any means. Yeah. I mean, what did he do? Rush Hour and all those films. Rush Hour yeah. movies. But I'm saying, I don't even blame Ratner. I think that he got Favreaued. I think this was studio involvement mm-hmm. for Either X-Men. or. I, I don't care who to blame. Why are you poo pooing what is the greatest story in the history of X Men? I mean, it's, well, it's sure. hands down the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. So I, whoever's to blame is to blame. But well, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was. It's the most famous. Yes, that is true. Best I'm just saying. I, 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 me personally, if I had to put blame on <sighs> someone, I would put blame on the studio. Sure. I'll go 50-50, both of them. Whoever did it, don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> don't poo-poo the Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. Name the movie the Dark Phoenix saga and fucking do it this time. Well, I don't think it should be one movie. I don't think it should be one movie either. I think no. Dark Phoenix saga like <clears throat> it at least deserves two movies. Yeah, at sure. least. You know, you're going, uh, you know, the Infinity Wars with the Russo brothers. And I think that's going to be a two movie thing. I, I know it's getting retitled or whatever, but I mean, I think it's still leading up to the Infinity Wars, whatever yeah. the stories may be. Sure, but I agree. Have a little, have do the next movie not about the Phoenix, but still have the build up to it, and then climax yeah, that shit. There's right. a lot you need to bring in. You need to bring the uh, uh, Shire Empire. You don't need that. <laughs> I mean, yes, true. What's the Shire Empire? I agree. Let's not. But can you understand though, like, like wise. for like casual viewers watching this thing, like all of a sudden, like you know, you've got Charles Xavier saying, you know, use your hidden power, you know, use your use your power, and then all of a sudden she turns into the Phoenix. Can you understand a casual viewer that's never read, you know, the Phoenix saga, just being like, 
okay, why didn't she just do that, like, you know, fucking, like, 30 minutes ago or an right. hour ago? Same yeah. casual viewers probably like, why was Apocalypse trapped what? and selling for 3,000, 5,000, however long years? Shut up, Hopner. <laughs> same viewers, like, the same listeners saying, God, why is this guy still on the podcast? <laughs> no, like... Like, can you just imagine, like, the viewer, like, the, sorry, <laughs> that, that moment when you realize you're a, you're a huge dickhead. That's, me that's or happening. you? That's happening. No, that's me right now. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. You say like, me as well, but okay. No, it's like, it's like, like, the, the viewer has no idea, like, what they're seeing on screen. Oh, yeah. She turns into the phoenix. They never mention the word phoenix. That's not a thing yet. Yeah. They just see, like. This whole thing, and, and like, if, if you're not, like, a comic book fan, you might walk out of this movie and go, like, what just happened? Yeah. Why did that, why did that ginger girl just fucking destroy that, <laughs> the evil character in this movie? To be fair, didn't they, wouldn't they have come out of the same thing when they watched X2? Because when he stops, she stops the waterfall. Hi, hi, I off. didn't watch X2. Well, that's your problem. No, no, Hopner, I'm a real person. It's not my fucking problem. Yeah, I think the whole I'm point... Fucking, I'm, 16, I'm 16 years old. I've only seen fucking First Class, sure. Days of Future Past. Uh-huh. I never watched X2, okay? That's an old man's movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not prerequisite. This is a new cycle, and everything should be able to be understood between I, those three movies. Th- yeah. I agree with that's how it should be, but let's look at the, what the landscape of superhero movies have. And it's based off of a... Growing continuity. The landscape they of one superhero Civil War, movie. Civil War is prerequisite. You've watched a lot of the previous movies beforehand. If you haven't, they are at the point where it's like, that's your problem if you haven't gone into here and with their, done the pre-material. X2 came out in 2003. Yeah. The first Marvel Cinematic Universe but even movie. Then- Hold the fuck on, Hotner! It came out in 2008. Fucking cutting me off. God damn it, you think you're a doctor and you're fucking performing a fucking circumcision here. Every fucking sentence I try to get out, you're cutting the tip of my fucking dick off. Anyway, first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie came out in 2008, mm-hmm. and then X2 came out in 2003. 2003, you're, t- you're expecting audiences to remember a movie that came out fucking 13 fucking years ago. Yeah. That's what you're asking of me right now. Fox is asking you. I, I don't think that. they are. I, I think it's they are not thinking that. It's they, the end of Days of Future Past. The whole point was it wasn't prerequisite <laughs> to know what happened in fucking X Men United anymore. Except for the fact that at the very the last scenes we see of Days of Future Past is with the old cast from that first original trilogy with Gene and Scott. And all, everybody there. And I can yeah, and you know what? Scott's still fucking around. alive, which never happened in the old movies, which is why you don't see the fucking no, old movies anymore. No, it's why you need anymore. to know it, because the emotional impact is what's happened in this movie has changed the past that you're supposed to know for the previous movies. Don't talk to Jay about so emotional alive. impact. <laughs> I'm not. I'm talking to Jake about I know, emotional I'm fucking impact. With no, but it's, it's not matter. prerequisite that yes, you watch all those movies. the emotional impact of that is that she turns around and goes, Why did they retcon everything? Yeah. Why was everything retcon then in Days of Future Past? So you're saying that the emotional impact of seeing her, Jean Grey, alive and Scott alive again at the end of Days of Future Past has nothing to do with what the previous three movies that they are in is. It has nothing to do with that. It, it has no impact to that. It's not supposed to tie into that at all. I'm saying if you're a new viewer, 
that means nothing to you. Yeah, it's a brand new story. This is Jean at her beginning. I agree that it has nothing to do with Why would we you? need it's it? Why would it be prerequisite that we have seen Jean in her future before we understand Jean at her beginning? And what if that makes uh, no fucking sense? What if sense? Civil War is your first foray into the This Marvel isn't the MCU, universe. though. That is built like that. So is this. No, it's not. Yes, the previous movie is predicated on this is decades of. Hold on, hold on, no, 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 no. When they came out with X Men First Class, when that movie came out, yeah. it was a reboot. They had, I agree. They had no intention of tying in the original three Brian Singer movies. It was a complete reboot. It was not until Days of Future Past that they forced those first three movies to be a part of this universe. I think that's where a part, I think that's where a lot, a, a lot of the X-Men, the new X-Men movies kind of fuck up. And that's where a lot of the continuity is fucked up. And that, I think that's where a lot of like the age problems that I talked about earlier yeah. come into play. I, I agree, but it's there. They forced it in there. They are expecting you to have some idea about what had happened before. That's a bad idea. There is no before. It's the first. It's the first gene. It is chronologically. It's the first gene. There is no before. This is the first time she's done the Phoenix power. It's been retconned in this new continuity. Yes, in every continuity, this is the first time in chronological order that Gene has used the Phoenix power. It's 1983 in every continuity. It's 1983. This is the first time she's ever used the power. I agree with you on that in terms of chronology within the universe, but the problem still is this: what you have is a connecting factor of Hugh Jackman. There's been all these damn movies. The continuity at the even end his of character, even his character, even his character the, was retconned at the end of Days of Future Past. Yes, but the problem is that is, is Days of Future Past and First Class being a originally not supposed to be part of the continuity of the previous action movies, but now they force it into it is the problem here. Is that they First Class was supposed to be a reboot to it. Soft reboot because there's some things we're keeping, there's some things we're not. We're First class was a reboot. Yes, soft Days reboot. of Future Past was a retcon. Yes. yes, but that's a problem because by making Days of Future Past a retcon, you are trying to merge both continuities, which means that now with going forward with the narrative you are saying, both continuities matter. But in the context it's of bad should idea. the audience know what Gene Gray is going to do, it doesn't matter. Because it's, it's been wiped out. Yeah. This is the first time we're seeing the Phoenix. You don't have to watch the other movie because that shit happens after, but the continuity has been wiped. And what this happens after, we don't know anymore. Right. No, I agree with you on that. Because it's been wiped. Everything's been changed. It's been It's retconned. been wiped. Yes. Now, going forward... The problem is not this movie, it's the previous movies and what they are demanding that you have had some sort of acknowledgement or viewing or representation of. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not a problem as much, but going forward it's not as much of a problem because they can do whatever the fuck they want to because continuity has been wiped clean because of the previous movie. But because the previous movie merges the two continuities together into one... That's a problem because you're saying all of it is one story from the timeline and the viewpoint of Logan, who in five now of the six official X-Men movies 
is the main character. Yeah, but three movies never happened anymore. Not anymore, yes. So why do they matter? Because the last movie said they did. They never matter anymore. All the last movie said. It didn't say that they did matter. It, 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 it said that they didn't matter. That's the whole point. It's of it. saying it doesn't matter now, yes. In but Days of Future Past, it said it didn't matter. But on the third movie of a trilogy, and you had said even the plot It didn't matter was, because fucking Charles is still alive. Gene is still alive. They were then, too. No, fucking Charles died in Last Stand. Yes, he and did. And fucking Jean died in Last Stand. Yes. She sacrificed herself. She was the phoenix. They weren't in 1983. They fucking died. The continuity now is, well, uh, what we've last seen is 1983. They died in 2000. But in Days but of Future anymore. Past, in Days of Future Past, they showed us present day fucking characters. And so their characters were not dead the way they were in X-Men days uh, in X-Men Last Stand. Yes. So that continuity doesn't fucking matter. The continuity that we have now, we know that they're still alive by that time. But they're still portrayed in the future that we saw at the end of Days of Future Past when Logan returned to his present timeline, readjusted by the events of Days of Future Past, are still portrayed by James Marston and uh, Frank Jensen. They're supposed to be the same characters, just like uh, just like fucking Fassbender is supposed to be Ian McKellen, just like yes. James McAvoy is supposed to be Patrick Stewart. Which is because stupid. He talks to Patrick Stewart. Well, that's I'm not talking about that. That's does that? Uh, that well, sure, we can agree that's stupid that they don't look alike. But that's what they have told us. That's what the narrative of the movies have told us. This is where they're going to end up. Oh, God, let's end this. This is not going anywhere. Yes. This is not going anywhere. This is another uninteresting There's no way the studio demands you to watch, as Brian referred to him, all these old man movies. It's much different than the MCU, yes. which just started in fucking 2008. It's not even been a decade yet. You're talking about shit that came out 15 plus fucking years ago. The studio does not demand it. I don't have to watch fucking Dr. No to watch fucking Skyfall and know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, like the the whole reason, the the, the whole reason they retconned everything in Days of Future Past is they wanted to, they wanted to start a new clean slate. So you don't have to go back and watch X-Men The Last Stand. That, that is not even part of the continuity at this point. Yeah, that's all they're establishing at the end of Days of Future Past. Yes, that's the whole reason for Days of Future Past. X-Men First Class was actually a reboot. They wanted nothing to do with those first three movies. Then they realized that Brian Singer's coming back to the franchise because Matthew Vaughn is done with it. Matthew Vaughn did his job. He rejuvenated the franchise that was going to die. So Brian Singer comes back, and he wants to bring back all these old actors and then bring them into this universe, and then they melted everything together. Yes. Right? Correct. Okay. So, yeah. What did we learn? Hopner's wrong. <laughs> no. All right. Keep thinking that. <laughs> keep thinking that. I mean, you're wrong, but go ahead. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Agree to disagree and move on. Sure. Ha- hashtag butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. We're going to talk about the post credit scene, and then I got something in store for you. Uh-oh. All right, welcome back, you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. We're back. We're going to talk about the post credit scene uh, in uh, Age of Apocalypse. So Apocalypse, he got the shit kicked out of him. He did, yeah. and he's dead. Got wiped out by the Dark Phoenix. We we get the the credits roll, and then we get our stinger at the end. And yes. that stinger is uh, we're back in Striker's bunker, and we see. Uh, 
the uh, uh, Weapon X, the the where Wolverine's been experimented on, and uh, this uh, these people they walk in, they take this liquid, this vial, uh, it's labeled Weapon X, and they put it in a briefcase. Um, and uh, when the case closes for this briefcase, it says SX Corps on it. Essex Corporation is the company of Nathaniel Essex. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll know this char- We know this character from the comics. It's the villain, Mister Sinister. Mm. And in the comics, he is a 19th century scientist. And in the comics, it's Apocalypse who actually gives him his mutant powers. And uh, he's a very, very strong character. And he uh, is, spends a lot of his time experimenting on mutants and. Basically, Frankenstein's them to t- kind of make them bigger, better, stronger. Um, so, this makes one hundred percent sense that he would want this Weapon X, you know, uh, this blood. Yeah, yeah, totally. Where is this going? I mean, and of course, we know our next villain is going to be Mister Sinister. But is he going to be the one that creates X twenty three? Is that where they're going with this? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. I think they really want to make that X twenty three movie. I think they don't have a choice because since Hugh Jackman isn't going to be sticking around and they're probably still reticent about recasting Wolverine, that seems like the, quote, logical step, but who knows. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Sinister, he's in the comics, he creates Cable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is that going to have anything to do with it? Because it seems like Cable's going to be introduced into the next Deadpool film. I mean, how involved is Sinister going to be? How tied in are these movies going to be? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've always been curious at how much of a cable origin we're going to get in uh, Deadpool. Yeah. If we're not just going to, like... Have, Jump in. Yeah, and have Deadpool just give us three sentences of commentary about it and right. laugh about the convoluted origin and then move on. Seems like that's probably what would happen in there. Yeah, because in the comic books, it's not... It's like... it's like, Isn't it kind of like Jean Grey's clone? Yeah kind of like gets it on with Cyclops and then they they create Cable. So it's yeah. not even Jean Grey. It's actually the clone of Jean Grey that's created by Sinister. Is that Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Summers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, but I don't think they'll do that in the, no. the movies. No, I, I don't think so either. But he he has a lot to do with Gambit as well. So I mean that could t- also tie into the into the Gambit movie if they wanted to. Are they still doing the Gambit movie? I don't know. It was supposed to come out in 2017. It was supposed to come out in November of this year. Did they did they not? Okay, like this is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But did they not show playing cards at the beginning of of X Men Apocalypse? Like in the credits, like the beginning like sequence. Did they not show fucking playing cards? They did, but. They showed a lot of things. Okay. I, I was just wondering if anyone yeah, that, else... that credit sequence was really weird. Okay. But they did definitely... It seemed like a very Casino Royale kind of thing. Just kind of throwing everything in there. Yeah. Okay. I, I just didn't know if, like, I, I saw that. Just I felt like... This no, you mo- saw it. I felt like this movie should have been sinister, and we should have built up to Apocalypse. Uh, you, you're right. You're right. I mean, if you really want a true representation of what Apocalypse is, yeah. And I, I'm not, I didn't disagree with that in my argument. I taste it. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, you know, the, the post-credit scene probably didn't, for casual viewers, it was kind of very confusing for them. Yeah. yeah. I, in my audience, I got that. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm glad my, I went with a friend because when it closed down the briefcase at Essex, I'm like, what? 
Mm-hmm. It took me a moment that he was like, you were like, dude, thank God I watched fucking X2. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's sinister. It made everything clear, but no, it, it. I was confused for a moment. Then he just started nudging me. It was like sinister. I'm like, oh right. On the flip side, flip side, Jay watched it and said, "Yeah, all the emotional beats, <laughs> all the emotional beats are there." All Dude, the you don't know the history about that briefcase. <laughs> you, really you, don't. you don't know beats. <laughs> Last time I checked, though, guys, uh, X Men Apocalypse it's doing really well in the box office as far as like the money. Yeah, it crushed the uh, Alice in Wonderland shit, yeah. and that's taken up all the IMAX space. Yeah, yeah, IMAX agreed. Uh, this is just basically this is real 3D. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting the IMAX dollars for this. Uh, give it a couple weeks, we'll see. Um, shut up, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think in a couple of weeks it's going to be beating Alice in Wonderland. No, it's not going to be, be, be beating anything at that point. So, uh, As soon as I get home, I'm going to beat off. <laughs> uh, X-Men Apocalypse has a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think, do you agree with that? No. No, no I don't no, either. Not at all. What do you think? Like if you were to, like, if you were to give this like your Metacritic score, what would you give it? i give it a 60 Sixty? I'd be in the seventies, high seventies. I would give it about a sixty-three percent. Okay, it's not far off for me. Fifty-two, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're only five percent above the actual Rotten Tomatoes score, so it, yeah. it's pr- you're pretty close. Yeah, it's not far off from no. that. Okay, fair it's enough. Eleven percent lower than you, Brian. Not far off. <laughs> I, no, were you talking about the Rotten Tomatoes score or my score? Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, because oh, okay. I gave it a sixty-three. We're quite a ways off. All right, guys, I got one X-Men email. Uh, it comes from Buddy Thomas. He says, hey, guys, got a sneak peek at X-Men tonight. I had high hopes for this and to finally to uh, uh, this and to finally uh, see Apocalypse with more hype by having Isaacs play him. Uh, I was disappointed by it. A low taste it, barely. Doesn't hold Days of Future's jock. I will say Quicksilver stole the show again with his montage. We need more Quicksilver. Young Storm was an upgrade over Hallie. Would have liked to have Wolverine in the last fight scene, too. It doesn't make sense to have him in there, though. No, not until he's met up with Xavier and is part of that whole thing. Absolutely. So thank you, Buddy Thomas. More Wolverine. That would have been cool. Another Marvel Wolverine. <laughs> I love the Wolverine. I want more Wolverine. More snickety snick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put him in that in fight scene. Have him shooting power blasted Apocalypse Two. <laughs> Guys, you know what? You know what I got in store for you now. What you got? I've got in store for you. A brand new game show. Oh, shit. Does everybody have their pen and paper handy? I do, I do. All yep. right, guys. I would like to call this game show X Many Questions for you to answer. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. I want you to write down your answers for the Metacritic score for each X-Men film. Oh, this is oh, rough. Even, this, even the tie-in Wolverine films. I'm going to include those, okay? Okay. Metacritic's, Metacritic scores, guys, and you guys can play along at home if you're fucking lonely, if you fucking, if you have no life. If you're a listener and you're not driving around in your car right now and you have a pathetic life and you want to play along and see if you can beat Jay, Jake, and Daniel Hopner, if you want to beat these guys at this game, 
And not look on IMDb, or not look on Metacritic.com or whatever the fuck. That's our entire demographic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but Metacritic scores, they range from 0 to 100, okay? Mm-hmm. You will write down the number um, that you uh, pick for each movie. I'm going to go in chronological order as to when these came out, okay? Okay. Uh, so I want you to write these down. I don't want, you know, and I, it's that way it's like if you guys, like, just shout out, like, oh, okay, I give it a 50... I give it a 54. Uh, uh, Jake can't be a dick and just pick 53. <laughs> I love me some prices right. Yeah. And then Hopner picks fucking 55. And then Jay is fucked the entire fucking. So you guys are going to write these down. Now, guys, I repeat, these. this is the Metacritic score. This is not the Rotten Tomatoes score. Okay. So, guys, get ready to play. We are going to call, we are going to call this game X Many Questions for You to Answer. <laughs> Alright guys, are you ready to play? Yes. X many questions for you to answer. Alright, we're looking for the Metacritic score for the first movie, which was 2000's X-Men. I want you to write down, it goes from 0 to 100. What was the Metacritic score for X-Men's, for 2000's X-Men, the first film in the franchise? Write down that number, 0 to 100. Don't take all fucking day. I'm talking to you, Hopner. <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah, I wrote I it got down. the first three. All right. Once you've written it down, let me know that you've written it down. I'll get your answer from you. Got it. Ready. Hopner, you ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Hopner, go first. What is your answer, sir? 62. 62. Jake? 76. 76? 53. 53. The answer is 64. Oh, Nice. Point goes to Hopner. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. The next one is 2003's X2, X-Men United. X2, X-Men United. What is the Metacritic score for that film? Try to remember the critical reception for these movies and then try to base it off of that first movie. The first one was a 64 for 2000's X-Men. Got it. Jake has his answer. Jay has... Got it. Do you have your answer? Hobner, do you have your answer? Yeah. All right. Hobner, what is your answer? Uh, 84. 84, Jake. 74. 74, Jay. 75. <laughs> the answer is 68. Oh, that's point for me. Son of a bitch! Jake is the winner there. <laughs> All right, guys, the next movie is going to be X-Men, The Last Stand. This is the Brett Ratner film. Try to remember how this was critically received and remember the other scores. X-Men, The Last Stand. Write down your answer. Let me know what your answer is when you're ready. 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 All right, Hopner. Uh, 67. 67 from Hopner. 27. 27 (laughs) from Jake. 43. 43 for Jay. The answer is 58. Wow. Who is the winner here? Okay. Is it me? I forget what they're, they're I assume for. we're going price is right if you go over or you lose. No, it's whoever's closest. So it's what? What, what, did, what, what was did your you answer? Have? 67. 67. I have 43. You, 67. You are 9 over. That's point for Hopper. Point for Hopner. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm 
Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> Next movie is 2009's X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Got it. Yep. Who Got else? it. Got Everybody it. Everybody locked in? Yep. yep. All right. Let's start with Hopner. 53. 53 for Hopner. I put 42. 42 for Jake. 38. 38. We have a tie between Jay and Jay. Nice. The answer is 40. All right. We both get a point. Yeah. So Jay and Jake <laughs> get a point. All right. 2011's X-Men First Class. X-Men First Class 2011. Matthew Vaughn directed this movie. What do you guys? Let me know when you're locked in. Got it. <laughs> locked in. <laughs> Everybody is locked in. Hopner. 75. 75 for Hopner. 87. 87 for Jake. 85. 85 for Jay. The answer is 65. Oh, that'd be me. Hopner, what was your answer? 75. Yeah, you are the winner. 80s, so. Hopner wins the Metacritic score. God damn it. <laughs> Every other one, I'm gonna win. Don't All right, guys. It. 2013, a movie came out called The Wolverine, starring Hugh Jackman, directed by Shane Mangold. What is your answer for The Wolverine? Got it. Hopner, locked yeah. in. Jake, locked in. Locked in. in. Jay, locked in. <laughs> locked in like a motherfucker, hitting those emotional beats. <laughs> beats by Jay, locked in. Hopner, what is your answer, sir? 64. 64 for Hopner. 60. 60 for Jake. 37. 37 <laughs> for Jay. Low poly the shit there. The answer, one of you got it absolutely correctly. One of you hit it right on the fucking head. Wow. Jake. Yes. With 60. You nailed it. Nice. You fucking son of a bitch. Nice. <laughs> you nailed it. Two points for the You're only half of the way there. <laughs> Two points. <laughs> Jake nailed it like the prom queen. The prom king, excuse me. You're cheating. <laughs> In the parking lot. Where do we got? Where do we got? We got Hopner with three. Yeah, I'm keeping score Jake two. with three. So we got a tie there. Jay's got one. I got one. All right, guys. That I tied with him on. <laughs> we got two more left. We got two more left. You always beat me. X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, X-Men Days of Future Past. 2014. Brian Singer comes back to the franchise. Directs this film. X-Men Days of Future Past. Everybody locked in? Locked in. Where's first class on this list? We did first class already. Yep. Oh yeah, that was. Fun. You won that round. Where the fuck have you been? <laughs> he loses that point. He doesn't even remember doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopner, you just lost that point, giving that point to nobody. X Men: Days of Future Past. Hopner, what is your answer? Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight for Hopner. Sixty-three. Sixty-three for Jake. Eighty-two. Eighty-two for Jay. The answer is seventy-four. Hopner wins again. God. What was Hopner's pick on that? Seventy-eight. 78. Ah. He's within four points. Yeah, but since I lost that last one, is three again. You right? didn't. No, you're oh, at four. Okay. <laughs> the final one, Jay, Jay, you are totally out of this. <laughs> but, fun- you know, play again for sportsmanship. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. This is the Metacritic score. This is not the Rotten Tomatoes score of 47%. This is X-Men Apocalypse Metacritic score. 2016's X-Men Apocalypse. Lock in your answers. Let me know when you're ready to go. Got, Got it. it. Ready. All right, Hopner. Uh, 48. 
48 for Hopner. Got 39. 39 for Jake. 57. 57. Wow. 52. Hopner takes it. Nice. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Good job, Hopner. Daniel Hopner, who's been wrong this entire episode, <laughs> finally gets something right in the game show. Law of averages. X many questions for you to answer. The big winner today, Daniel Hopner. <laughs> I do I get a nice free paid trip to nowhere? No. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate it. You and a ticket to nowhere. And some rice aroni. <laughs> it is a San Francisco treat. Meat flavor. A year's supply of turtle wax. <laughs> What's really interesting though about like this whole thing i mean that was a fun game that we played mm. but what's really interesting about this is that x-men the last stand has a 58 yeah and apocalypse has a 52 critics are harsher these days yeah. they are very harsh these days yeah. and i think it has to do with a lot of like more more comic book movies coming out Absolutely, yeah. compared definitely. to greats like civil war jay <laughs> I love Civil War. What's the Metacritic for Civil War? Eighty-two. Is it? I'm guessing seventy-three. It's probably in the nineties. Let's say seventy-three. I'm gonna look it up. Actually, is this the game breaker right here? No, I only got one point. I'm gonna go with ninety even. Eighty-two. No, Hopner already won. You guys are losers. God damn it. <laughs> but do I win God, this one? Jay, you only got one. I know. That sucked. I don't know shit. About I got one. Either. I'm the only one that got one on the nose, though. Take my Wait opinion for shit. <laughs> we do. So, yeah. Captain America with Civil War got a 75. That's it? Wow. And it beat out... The best. It actually it beat out X Men: Days of Future Past, which has a seventy four. It beats out every movie. Okay, yeah, by a point. I, yeah, you guys kind of like some of you guys like when I was going through this, kind of like stumped me. Like it was like one of you gave like the Wolverine like a really low score, and it was like better than Origin. It was better than Origin. Yeah, I, I think that was me. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you gave it like a thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah, you really lowballed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. Hopner's going to take that. No, that was Jake that took that one. Yeah. You, you hit it right on the nose with yeah. 60. Yeah. All right, guys. This was our X-Men Days of Future Past episode. I it was not. What? Oh, was yeah. <laughs> X-Men. You retconned the whole podcast. <laughs> no. None of it happened. This is our X-Men Apocalypse episode. <laughs> so we are done. Um, I want to apologize first and foremost for Daniel Hopner. <laughs> You should apologize for me. <laughs> you days of future podcasted this whole thing. I made a promise that I was done with this life. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I got confused. I thought since you retconned it, like Dan Hill showed back up. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking comic book geeks. The timeline has changed. I know. All right, guys. And just like all good leftovers say in their doggy backs, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Late. Yeah, Late. We're, yeah we're doing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles next yeah! week. Jake, yeah. Jake, you're not going to be here. I'm taking the week off. Jake's taking the week off. Get a break from these jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopner, say goodbye. Later. <laughs> this guy is so done with us. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless. But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean it, it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers.